Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Saturday, December 24th. This is episode 183. Happy Christmas Eve, Dennis. Howdy how there, Tony. Oh, it's Christmas hanky time. It is. But the perfect time to bring out the Mr. Hanky. Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo. He loves me and I love you. Thus vicariously. He loves you. I forgot the rest of the song, so thank you for, for remembering this. <laughs> it's been too long, too long. So I am Dennis, and here we are, uh, year-end review. That's the episode. Is the 2022 year-end review. Normally, yep. we do that the very last episode that we are going to record in a given year. And I should have noted, I didn't even think about it at our last episode, to warn people that we would record on a day different than our usual Sunday, because Sunday is Christmas and we are busy. Because it's Christmas. Busy. Busy. You know. In quotations. Yes. Busy. Busy. You know, in reality, we probably could get through all the, like, the Christmas stuff and then just have still done it. I don't, I don't, I dare not. I dare not. Like, my, uh, so I, I'm bringing Chinese over to my parents. That's what Christmas is going to be. The, my mom, like, gathered up whatever presents she got me and dropped them off in a big trash bag. <laughs> and I'm just, <laughs> she's just like. So I asked her, so am I just like supposed to open these before I come over? And she goes, yep, just open those up. Just All right. sit there by yourself and open those up and then bring cashew chicken. Like, okay. It's yeah. like, yay, Merry Christmas, single the, the, tear yeah, the, rolling down. <laughs> no, the, the Chinese thing is a, a fairly new tradition of ours. Of course, it's, stri- it's stripped straight out of a Christmas story. Right. But like, it just became a lot easier. I think once there was a realization like, I don't have any expectation that anyone cook on Christmas. It's like, do you think you could bring Chinese? I'm like, as long as they're open, and uh, they are. So That so, works. Absolutely. So uh, what are you doing for Christmas? Oh, normal family stuff will be done by lunch. Okay. You see, and that's normally how it would be have been in the in the before times. Anyway, right. We'd have, we'd have all gathered at one person's house, mostly watched like, my niece open her presents up, which is what would take the longest because you know, she's a kid, so she gets the most. And then we'd eat. And then it'd basically be done. I might watch a movie or two or something. Yeah. Now we'll just we'll just do stuff at home, us and the kids, and mm. that's a, that that that's it. So mm-hmm. nothing. No, we don't we don't go do the huge giant family things. Uh, we do on occasion, uh, but not in the last couple of years. Yeah, we did when we were really young, but like once we were getting uh, like around high school age, it, it we always just kept it immediate. Uh, so we are going to have a recap of, of the 5K stuff here uh, in a bit. But before that, uh, any other things that have happened over the last couple of weeks that you wanted to touch on with the audience? No. Other than the 5K. <laughs> I, I, mean, okay. I, mean, okay. I, mean, I mean, there's been nothing special. I, I, okay. I, I, I played the same games okay. I was didn't playing last time. I or... haven't. I, I'm playing the same games, still reading the Dark Tower books. Ah, uh, yes. Still. It has been a very, uh, uh, like the like the only thing vaguely interesting is the dishwasher broke. So we've returned to hand washing dishes until the part came. Your in. Your wife told me that that the water kept running into it. Yes, and it would fill up and it would overflow because the valve was broken and the part just arrived. Mm. So okay, uh, uh, the other day. So now I need to go tear it apart and fix it. Well, that so. I, my dad came and helped me when I replaced my, cause the dishwasher that I had you back when you lived here as a housemate, you remember it was the one that came with the house. It finally gave out. This was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. We went to install the new dishwasher 
Oh, it was such a like all the hookups were different, and we had to. <laughs> there was just it was it was bad. It took what we thought what. <laughs> this is a, a running joke with us, but we'll, my dad will usually make a time estimate on a project, but we should always like triple it if it's anything that we haven't regularly done before, mm-hmm. because there's always something that's like a weird hookup that doesn't exist anymore, or the or the connector breaks when you're doing it because it, it yep. rusted, and it's just like, uh, it took hours, it took hours and hours, but uh, I like it. It's a great, much better dishwasher than the than the one you remembered. But yeah, yeah, no, I I, I looked up, I, I looked it up online. I, you know, did the whole, oh, this is what the dishwasher washer is doing. And it's like, if, and they're like, oh, if you have hard water, it's this. It's it's the valves going out. It mm. won't fully shut. And I'm like, well, yeah, we definitely have yeah. very hard water. So, uh, and it was like a $14 part. Mm. But it's Christmas time. So shipping took a while. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, because I heard about this a, a, last week, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The so. part arrived. The part arrived on Thursday. Mm. So, and then yesterday was so cold. Uh, our our dishwasher is not plugged in; it's hardwired into a uh, electrical box. Oh, okay, I understand. Instead of so to shut it off, I have to throw the breaker. And if I throw the and but the with the what breaker it is. Because of my house was built in '59, so the breakers make zero sense. Mm. They make no sense at all. So to throw that breaker to take that section of the kitchen off, because it only takes one wall of the kitchen off. Okay, it also takes out two of the three bedrooms and the bathroom. Oh wow, there's a lot on that circuit. So it, it, I said the place was built in the fifties. Okay, well, that's an interesting decision. <laughs> like so, oh, it's just like it's just like we can run the oven or the dryer. We can't run both because mm. it trips because they're on the same because cir- they're on okay. the same circuit. Wow. So I uh, <clears throat> and since it was you know a wind chill of like negative fifteen yesterday, I was like, well. I don't feel like turning off power to the kids' rooms and the bathroom when it's negative 15 while I take what should, according to the online stuff, take me 20 to 30 minutes to fix because I know reality is it's going to take like two hours. So I was like, I'll just wait until it's slightly warmer. We can continue to hand wash. Yes. Like the old, like the old times. It's just it's the old times, is what it is. Making them earn their allowances. That's what it uh, is. Oh, yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a big believer in having kids do work. That's right. That's why you had him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's why everyone has them. The uh, okay. Uh, well, the only thing I was going to touch on, I haven't really done a whole lot other than uh, obviously, I as most of the listeners know, I co-host another podcast, mm-hmm. the Pinball Show, which I do the opposite weeks that we do this show. And during that episode, the host uh, Zach Minnie had announced to me through a weird convoluted phone call from a Canadian who I couldn't tell who it was. It was an unknown caller call uh, that he was giving me a pinball machine for Christmas, which of course is way more than anyone should be spending on Christmas presents. And he knows that I can't refuse it because it would be rude. So I'm like, I'm in this weird bind. So I was like, okay. And that arrived and it was, it's Deadpool premium. So I did spend time last week uh, moving my firepower and my total nuclear annihilation out of the game room because Sinbad has been in my garage since July. Right. And it did take me a little while to to change out and 
fix all the stuff I wanted to fix on it, but it has been done for months and I wanted to move it in and firepower out. And I just kept putting it off and I'd forgotten I had to take the back box off firepower to get it through the door. So I'm doing all of that, had to hook it back up, make sure the sound wasn't working. I put the cord on wrong on one part that wasn't clearly labeled to. I hooked the wire up, but I hooked the wire up backwards. It was one that could be flipped. Ah. It didn't burn anything out, but it was like, oh my gosh, what a pain. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll get rid of TNA to bring in uh, the new game, assuming that I didn't move TNA out of the game room until the game arrived because Zach wouldn't tell me what it was. He said he had consulted with you, and then you told me that you didn't know what it was, just that you guys had talked and generated a list as best you could of, yeah. of potential games. He, but to be fair, he generated a list originally, and I went through the list and went, no, 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 mm. no, no, no. Oh, there were a lot of no's. Here's huh? this. <laughs> it's like, these ones make sense. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, it, it is a game I really like. Uh, I don't know. I was trying to remember if I had ever played a premium. I couldn't distinctly remember it. Uh, I did check. I must have at one point, though, because I did have a Pendigo uh, photo. I of think a, there was a premium at 403 for Yeah, a while. and I think that's what it was. They had a pro originally, and then this year, or yeah, I think it must have been this year or late last year, I must have played it again, and they must have had the premium instead. So anyway, it was a very nice gift, uh, and I, I'll keep that over TNA. I wasn't playing TNA as much anymore. Right. Um, so we'll see if I can sell them or not. But now the garage is full of pins that I like. I can't really fit anything else in right now. In right now, because I still have uh, Eric's uh, Space Gambler is still in my garage, uh, which that's not my game, so that shouldn't really be here anymore. And then now Firepower is in there, and then I I cleared enough room to stick TNA beside those two, but there ain't no any more room unless I like reorganize the whole garage. Um, and you yeah. don't even keep cars in there. I don't. I don't. But I got the virtual pin in there. I got the old main cabinet in there. Uh, and then there is a whole lot of elect- old electronics. I'm finally, like every week I go and I fill my dumpster bin with old electronics. I didn't realize I've got like a dozen computers around here mm-hmm. that <laughs> I I don't even know. I don't think they were all mine. I don't, but I don't know. I can't remember. So every week I just like fill the bin with uh, stuff that doesn't need to be, you know, things that don't have like lead batteries and stuff right in them. but um, pull hard drives and dump yeah all sound and- systems uh space heaters there were this today this week was there were a pile of broken space heaters I'm like why do i still have all these space heaters into the bin they go <laughs> we just gotta just gotta let that stuff fly so anyway. and, and 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 the city here does uh battery pickup and ele- or battery drop off for batteries and stuff like that and electronics mm-hmm. drop offs a couple of times a quarter, really? Yes, I just need to do it. Yeah, because uh, I do get the notice, and then I'm just like, I'm tired. Like, That's my uh, excuse for everything. I don't want to drive a half mile to drop this stuff no. off and dispose of it properly. No, nope, I'd rather just let it sit here forever and be safe. That's apparently my strategy instead. It can't, <laughs> it can't pollute if I keep it in the house. <laughs> it stays safe. So anyway. Um, now for, for listeners that do not care, this is going to be your, your running trigger warning. So we're going to talk about the 5k. So let me give some context. Uh, one of our Patreon supporters, highest tier Patreon support. Oh, let me actually give thanks to our latest Patreon members. We did have one new one that joined us over the last couple of weeks, Chris at the basic support tier. So welcome to the Patreon membership. We greatly appreciate it. We appreciate all of the tiers of people that choose to give us support. Yep, welcome. And so 
anyway, back to our one of our high support uh, tier individuals, uh, Danny T, on our Patreon. He made the initial ask. Now, Danny, I had I referenced Danny once upon a time. I didn't remember his name, but another podcast that I listened to, Broken Token, which covers arcade and pinball games. He, I just remember they would do uh, listener emails, and he had written in and said that he wanted them to go long, longer and longer. They're a monthly show, but it's, it's, their shows are long. Like they're the longest in arcade, like in terms of just average show duration, the longest of anything that I know of in that covers arcade and pinball. In fact, they're only shorter than hardcore history. Oh, wow. I mean, it's, I mean, they're long. So like four hours is nothing. Yeah. I, you know, I think maybe one time they broke four hours, but, uh, but their show would commonly break two and a half. That's and crazy. It's, it's a lot. And he wrote in cause he wanted them to be even longer <laughs> because he runs marathons and he runs all the time. And so apparently he listened to this show cause he, he'd, before we had the Patreon, he wrote to me at one point goes, Oh, Hey Dennis. Yeah. That was my email over on, on broken token. Well, um, so when he joined as a Patreon member at, at the highest tier, he's like, you know what I want, we were asking people on our Patreon, like, what do you want us to do? Like I share right. monthly babies firsts with all the Patreon members. We've done special audio things for the, for the Patreon members. But he, his request was because he had heard this, he is being a runner. And then the other part of the blame is on you. Oh, no, it's totally me for the summer. That's Completely. right. Cause Tony was talking about his own uh, walking adventures because his eldest child is a cross country runner. And so Tony uh, doing stuff to get in shape while at those events was sharing all of these stories. Now in your defense, they were pretty entertaining stories. I know. Actually, we had a number of people who said they wanted to hear more. So anyway, Danny's like exercising very much so, lately. So Danny's like, I want you to uh, here. I'm going to support you at the highest level, but I want you guys to do a 5k like an official 5k. And I believe he said he wanted it done within six months of the start of his Patreon support. So, cause initially I told Tony this, and again, this is why I'm saying to skip ahead folks, because I cannot tell you how many, uh, how many minutes this is going to be, but it's going to be a while. So just be aware, just click that fast forward button. If you hate this. Stuff. <laughs> um, so anyway, he, uh, you know, I mentioned that to Tony and, Tony's like, well, yeah, I mean, we could probably do something like that in the summer. I'm like, well, he gave us six months <laughs> according to the deadline. And then Tony's like, okay, here's a run upcoming in the middle of December. Maybe it won't be too cold because you mentioned this when I told it to you, to you, your cross country yes. daughter. And what was her reaction? She's very excited. She wanted me to run the whole thing. And I laughed at her. <gasps> I didn't know about the laughs. I did. I I, I did, laughed in her face. Did you laugh like Schmaug? No, I did not laugh like Schmaug. Hmm. Wow, that that sucked. That was terrible. I do better than that. <clears throat> Schmaug. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we had a request for the Schmaug, so so I had I had to key, I had to tee that up. But, um, yeah, no, I I I full on I, I laughed in her face. I was like, oh, that's not happening at all. So anyway, uh, because that, that was last weekend, we did that last Sunday. Last, yep. And so we'll, we'll recount this because I think we have, we have tales that we can tell based off. Oh of yeah. This. We have I mean, tales. We had already talked about how, what we were trying to do to kind of get ourselves into, because I, I never ran a, a 5k race before the, the furthest I ever 
think I ever did. I can't even call it particularly competitively, but like for physical ed class in high school, they required us to run two miles. That had been my extent of any official run length. I'm, I'm impressed that that you didn't call it P.E. Yes. It was physical ed. I had to make it sound fancier. In physical ed, in I ran ed. and did this. <laughs> Back when I was in my uh, in my boarding school days, <laughs> Tilly ho ho. So okay, so we had to do it with the blazer and the uh, <laughs> and the tie on. They required it as a blazer run. <laughs> blazer, the blazer run. <laughs> well, we weren't those sort of blazers. We were trailblazers. So, so. I guess to, to tackle that day, let me um, let me just give the the initial stuff. So t- Tony had uh, I think it's someone you work with, a friend yeah. of yours, was going to run with us. We made a team. Yeah, we, we, got, we had a team of four. We had a team of four because you got a discount if you did a, a team of uh, a of four people. or more. So so Tony handled the the arrangements to get us our stuff, and we paid Tony. And the fourth person couldn't make it because they'd been ill. Yeah, been sickly. They had black lung. He I had think. that the uh, the uh, the. Uh, <laughs> What is the RSV that's been going around? Oh, RSV. Okay. Wow. Yeah, he'd been he'd been out almost the entire week, week leading up mm. to the race. Yeah, and, and, and he was like, oh, "We'll see how I feel." I just he's like, "I can't. I just can't." <laughs> yeah. So in the end, it ended up being you, me, and your eldest. Correct. The cross country runner. Correct. And and your wife came along, and you picked me up. And then we went, because it wasn't too far from here. It's no, at, it's, it's just down the, the road. Right, local community college. We get there, oh gosh, probably about 50 minutes early. Yeah, uh, we get go, a good parking spot. Yeah, got a great parking spot, actually. I, I was like, holy crap. I didn't realize how many, I didn't know how popular things like this were. Yeah. There because was, I'd never been to one before. I mean, the I because I ran, me, the gentleman from work who was going to run with us, and my daughter ran in a 5K over the summer. Oh, he was the same one. He was the same okay. one. Ran in a 5K over the summer, and it was a smallish 5K, and there were still like 300 people. Yeah, this, um, based off of, I mean, they, the announcer kept changing how many people were there. <laughs> he, uh, your, your wife got a, a, a large kick out of this because he ranged from over 800 people to almost 700 people. I think in the official 5K results, it was just under 600. In terms of where I saw number of individuals, I'd, I'd have to go back and check, but I believe it was five hundred and forty-seven, which is to me is still a lot of people. But uh, that ain't eight hundred, so I don't know. I don't know. It was cold. He probably his vision probably blurred. So we go inside, um, you know, stretching, warming up, and then uh, we go and. The, the way this functions, because there are so many people, it's kind of, uh, they described it as a shoot, which made me feel kind of like I was cattle going to be cold or at the very least dewormed. Uh, I, I still remember one time in Arkansas when my grandfather had a chicken, he had a chicken farm, but he did have some head of cattle as well. And I think one time I, we, we Sorry, were Sorry, it was 597. They, okay, so 600. All right. Almost 600. So anyway, I kind of felt like a cow. Um, they have the fast people cause this is a fun run. Um, but they have the fast people go up front so they don't have to dodge people to try and set a good time or anything. So, um, I'm seeing little signs along the way of people kind of being like, this is sort of where this pace is and, and, and whatnot. Now, before we started this, Tony told me that he told his daughter that 
in response to her wanting Tony to run the whole thing that he was like, I'm not keeping up with you. Uh, that's, that's Dennis's job. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I haven't, I, well, I was originally training at a 5k pace after my, after my leg injury, after the nerve or whatever was hurt for a couple of weeks, I resumed my training, but I never got back to doing more than two miles. So <laughs> I wasn't doing 3.1 anymore. And I'm like, I, so we're going there, we're going into the shoot and, and, and Tony tells his daughter, okay, so Dennis is going to start with where you're at, but don't wait on him, <laughs> which is absolutely true. I just, and I said, yes, um, I will stay with you as long as I possibly can, but you know, if you can go faster, go, go fast. Don't, don't define yourself around thinking that I need to stay in view. I don't think I'm going to get lost or anything. So, which, uh, they had it very well labeled, so it wasn't a big deal. Um, and then Tony went back further in the, in the shoot. I went back to reality. Tony went back in reality. I was, I could see in front of me somewhere was the nine minute 30 second sign. And I'm like, okay. But I looked and I tried to find a 10 minute or 10 minute 30 second sign. Uh, and I didn't see those. And I thought, well, it probably doesn't matter too much at this point when you're this far back. But um, so I don't know. Did you want to recount your experience first? Or do you want me to recount my experience first? Or uh, I, You go first because I think mine's funnier. Your, yours is funnier, I think. But yours is tragic. Ugh, is it tragic? Is, it, is there it's tragedy for, to it? It's both. Why not both? Okay. So... Tony's daughter and I uh, start basically side by side and the, you know, they fire the, the proverbial gun and we go and we're going along and it's fine. It's a huge mass of people. Uh, his daughter is passing folks. So I'm usually trying to stay right behind her cause it's so tightly packed. And I'm just like, I'm just like um, using the slipstream or whatever to try and cause she's so small. She's like, like weaving through folks. And I'm just like, I'm keeping her in view. Cause I'm like, I'm going to try and keep her pace. She told, she had indicated her, her hope at the time because she hadn't been training. She's yeah. Like, that was the problem is right. she hadn't trained since cross country. She hadn't been so. training, but she's kind of like, you know, I, I'd like to try and do somewhere like 28 to 30 minutes. And I'm like, okay, well, if I can keep up with her for a while, maybe I could do like 30 to 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not sure because it's like I've my best pacing at two miles, I think was probably a nine minute, 45 second average lap time. But I've never done it that well at a full 5K. Back when I was doing the full 5K, I was usually 10 minutes and 30 seconds to just under 12 minutes a mile, depending depending on how I felt. So I'm kind of thinking, oh, gosh, I would really, really like to try. And my goal was to be better than the 1030, but I didn't know if I could do it anymore. Right. Because I hadn't been going that far. So anyway, we're going along. I think uh, – I don't know if there were labels showing how far you were on the course. There was one. There was a two mile marker, and okay. that was it. I missed all of them. I missed all. I missed all one of them. Uh, but I'm hearing other people are talking because they're used to this, so they can talk and do this at the center. I'm feeling good though. I'm feeling pretty good. It's cold, but it's not like how cold it is now. We were probably about in the mid twenties. It was yeah. It was like twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, we we lucked out because that day, unfortunately, it was after the race. But that day got up to almost forty. Yeah. It has not been that warm since then. No, it has <laughs> so, not. <laughs> so it was, um, it was, uh, cause I was concerned given it was in the middle of December, but so we're going along 
probably it felt like maybe about a mile in because uh, I'm looking at my I'm looking at my watch because I know when we started. Uh, and so I'm using that as a loose gauge based off of how fast I normally go to be like, okay, if I'm going about 10 minutes a mile, we're 10 minutes in, I must have gone a mile because I don't feel like I'm going too slow. Right. I feel like I'm about normal. Uh, but your daughter veered off off to the side and I saw so she could spit in the grass. So I thought, oh, she's not feeling great. Yeah. But now I don't have a pace <laughs> because I tethered myself entirely to whatever her pa- her pace was to know what I was supposed to do. And and and, and, and she was throwing up. Oh, okay. Because she I, hadn't. Pra- she full okay. on was throwing she threw up. up. Okay, I only saw her spit at first. <laughs> yeah, that's that. But it, she didn't catch back up to me. No, she was she was a, just a little ways behind you when, when I pass when I mm. when I passed you guys. Uh, I say passed. I was going. When we crossed paths. We crossed paths because the, the routes came together. Yeah. We, uh, we kind of looped point. back on ourselves briefly where we could see one direction and the other direction. Right. Um, kind of shared different sides of the of the road. Right. So, okay. So, she was throwing up. Yeah. I, I, I knew afterwards she had mentioned that that she got sick. Yeah. I was like, well, I figured when she veered off to, to start, I just yep. only saw her spit. Cause and that was, was the start of it. Yeah. And, so, and then when and she calmed that, down, she got anymore. back into it. Because I thought, well, I probably shouldn't just stop because I don't know what's... but. But now I'm like, okay, well, I'm a bit at a loss to this point because I was using that as my, my pace car, figuring eventually she would just start getting too fast for me and I'd get too tired. Uh, so I just kept going, um, looped back around. Uh, I did see you mm-hmm. when I um, – about at near where the paths were no longer going to be the same anymore. Right, the, and that would have been back. you just past the two-mile mark. Okay. And I'm and so at that point again I'm I'm kind of looking at the watch I'm like yeah I, I think I'm about two miles in I still feel good, but now of course that's the that's where the training normally stops for me, so that last one point one miles was awful. I am I I'm now slowing. I I could tell I'm slowing. The, none of this was was hilly. None of this was particularly hilly. However, I am now lamenting every incline we experience and they are mild we're talking like two degree inclines and i'm like this incline shouldn't be here this should be flat why isn't this downhill at this part this is nonsense i am annoyed i'm not listening to any music uh all i am thinking at this point is uh but probably after like three or four more minutes i'm like less than a mile less than a mile less than a mile that is all i'm thinking is less than a mile there are all these people on the side and little bursts of people cheering on other i don't have anyone cheering me on there are these other people like come on george come on elaine you can do it i which the thing is it was very motivating not that they were cheering but what they kept telling them was you're almost there now the start and the finish are the um are the same spots and it's a giant inflatable Santa just sort of arcing over the the whole thing. I mean, he's, he's huge. So I hear these people saying, come on, Jane, you're almost there. <laughs> and I turn a corner. There's no giant Santa. So now I'm pissed because they're liars. Because if it was almost there, I should see the Santa. And it, I don't see the Santa. <laughs> it's not almost there. So I keep going because I think Santa is almost there. And he is not I'm now, I had actually uh, been passing people up through the second mile. Um, and now some of the same people are, are passing me again. And I, there's no rhyme or reason to some of it. Uh, 
there was one little girl. She kind of wore this like a uh, rainbowy jacket. Actually, it looked like a heavy winter coat. Uh, it's like a silver thing, but it gleamed. Gl- uh, she was. I called her Unicorn Girl in my head. I had to label <laughs> her Unicorn Girl because of the rainbowy coat. Like she would just be walking, like meandering, walking. Bored. Looked like bored. Uh, she's young. She's under ten. Uh, she, I'm sure she's under ten. And then. She's doing like pixie stick crack or something and will blow past me. She'll just like hard sprint, be ahead, meandering, strolling. And then she's all like Willow from Buffy bored now. And then bam, all of a sudden she just accelerates again. She passed me three different times. And then I, I, I don't know if she finished ahead of me or not. I don't know. I got tired of looking at her jacket and I'm just like, why won't you die? I'm like, why does she keep coming? She won't stop. Where does she get this energy from? These children... Or they're, I'm telling you, they're doing sugar or something. They're, they're doing, doing, they're doing it's sugars. A bunch it's of crap. The sugars. Bunch of crap. Near the end-ish area, a, a woman who I think I had passed earlier comes up on me. She must have been able to, to tell that I was really struggling. At the, I'm wheezing at this point. And I have a side stitch. I got a side stitch probably somewhere in the last uh, half mile. Um, but I'm still going. I'm still, I'm still actually jogging. And... She goes, you're doing really good, which I thought was a sign that I wasn't doing really good. <laughs> and I, I, I gasp out that thanks, like my first 5K. And she goes, you didn't pick the easiest one to start <laughs> with. And I thought, even though I'm hurting, this seems pretty flat. And I think maybe she <laughs> thought about that because then she goes, I just mean that's really cold. I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, like, don't, don't give me too much pity. Um, I, I try, I finally saw the Santa. I tried to speed up at the end. I maybe increased my pace by 0.25 seconds. Uh, I just, there was basically nothing left. Um, uh, you know, I crossed, I I saw the time on the gun clock and I thought, wow, I am really hurting. And I, it still was like 31 minutes and something. I didn't realize though that I wasn't set to the gun clock that the bibs have that RF chip. So my actual crossing of the start point didn't because I wasn't in the front. I was towards the the back end of the group, so that I actually did it in under thirty minutes. Uh, and my my pace average was nine minutes and thirty one seconds. I never did that well on any train. I I would have a one mile period where I could br- go under nine, but I never averaged even at two miles that fast. So it so I was really pleased because I did better than not only better than I had hoped I would do. I did better than I thought I would. Uh, I didn't think I would be able to sustain nearly a nine minute, 30 second pace. So anyway, so that was my experience. And then I took water and then I sat down and I just got wheezed forever. <laughs> and I had that, I had that, unfortunately I had the cough, the in- exercise induced, whatever yeah. uh, cough from, from that, but it wasn't too painful. Um, so, so that was that, that was my, my first 5k experience. And then, uh, your daughter crossed, uh, probably somewhere like four to five minutes later, about four minutes. Yeah. And, the timers. and then we, we just awaited you. Mm-hmm. So it was great. I started out so strong. I'm going to, I mean, when I mean strong, I mean, army not, strong. No, not that strong. No air force strong. <laughs> Sorry, Air Force. Let's wow. don't, 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 don't hate on me at eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, but no, I everything started out fine. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm actually gonna back up to the night before. Oh, excellent. so so the night before we did all of this, mm-hmm. we're hauling stuff. Uh, I'm hauling packages into the house that have been delivered, 
And uh, my dog ran out the front door and took off down the street and vanished. Vanished? So I went running down the street after her, and I managed to find a hole and hurt my bad ankle. And I'm like, okay, this is great. It's my bad ankle. That's fine. Whatever. I'll be okay tomorrow. That's the one I put my brace on. So I found my dog. We got back, got her back inside. Everything was fine. I was limping around. I pre-gamed, I pre-gamed some uh, ibuprofen knowing that I was going to have issues. Next, uh, next day, ankle's a little sore. Not bad. Got my ankle brace on. Pre-gamed some more ibuprofen. I was ready for the, th- for the race. We went to the race. We started the race. And I got through about three quarters of a mile. I'm like, this is going real good. That ankle's not bothering me. I'm, I'm doing real good. And I went in through a curve and I was turning and I was doing this like kind of, I was bouncing between this like jog, walk, fast walk, slow jog type back and forth. And as I was going into a turn, we were turning off of one road onto another following mm. the path. My ankle popped. It wasn't the ankle I'd hurt the night before. It was my other ankle. Oh, the good ankle. <laughs> it was my good ankle. I'm like, well, this is bad. So I slowed down to a walk, and we're just it's like, okay, let's just shake this out and see what's going on. But no, every time I took a step, it shot fire straight up my leg. Mm. So I was like, okay. I keep going, and I see I pass you. Okay, so when we saw each other, you were you were already. I was injured. already I was already hurt. Okay, and you I were hiding it fairly well. I, and at that point, I'd already dropped back. Uh, and when I mean dropped back, I mean. I, I was the last guy in the race. And by, I mean, I was the last guy in the race. I mean, the cop car that was following the final racer was like pushing on my butt <laughs> He was because I was so far behind. And every time I take a step, there's a pain shoot up my le- one leg and then up the other. And I was just in massive amounts of pain, like to the point where I was seriously considering just veering off the track and saying, nope, I'm done. We're going to quit. Mm-hmm. But then I saw you, and you were still running, looked good. And I saw my daughter just a, a little bit behind you, and she was upset because she'd gotten sick and, and, and had fallen back, and she was off her pace, and she was having problems getting back on pace. So I was being, oh, just do the best you can, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, well, crap. I can't tell my daughter to mm. do the, her best, and it's uh. okay. It's no big deal. And then quit as I'm walking up on the spot because I was I was coming – because that was as we were leading up to a spot that – if I was going to quit is where I would quit because it was closest to the parking lot. And oh, I would yeah, just yeah. weave off and go to the parking lot there as opposed to going back through the whole rest of the course. So I'm like, okay, I have to go. So I'm, I'm just chugging along. My fat guy shuffle, massive amounts of pain. The cop car sitting right behind me, <clears throat> except for the parts where he zoomed around me to go talk to other cops that were sitting there <laughs> writing. Like they do. Like yeah. they do as I, as I just keep chugging along. I come up to where the water is. And they're like packing stuff up and they're like, oh, hey, there's another, there's another person. Okay, here, here, here's a water. And it's like, okay. I took a big old drink of water, which managed to get enough of it on my mustache that my entire mustache froze solid as I'm, <laughs> while I'm walking. So now I'm in pain and my mustache is, is just like icicles frozen because from my big drink of water because I got it all over my mustache and the wind was blowing and everything else. And I'm like, okay, this is great. And I happened to look back because I'd, I'd gone around and the, to see how far back. I was trying to take a selfie that had me mm. with the cop car following me, but I couldn't get it to come out. And every time, I just couldn't get the shot right. It, it looked bad. Um, and then I, when I glanced back, I noticed there were people behind me. I'm like, I'm not in last place. Yeah. This is gr- I, I thought I was the last person. 
And then they blew past me. They'd apparently started the race like 30 minutes late. <laughs> oh, oh they, they had arrived late. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so yeah, they started the race like 20 or 30 minutes late, and we're just running through. Yeah, they just blew past me and vanished ahead of me. <laughs> and it's like, okay, oh, I see what this is. So I'm walking. I'm chugging along. A little ways ahead of me is this guy and his little daughter, like little, little. I'm talking like five or six looking mm. little. And every time he goes to pick her up, she screams at him because she's going to do it. She's going to finish walking. So I'm sitting, she's like, okay, I told my wife I can't quit. The six-year-old is screaming at her dad that she's going to do it on her own. It's like, I just got to keep going. As I'm just, I'm just in so much pain as I'm walking. It's like, okay, I'll just keep doing it. I just got to keep going. I can't, I can't not do it at this point in time. I look back over my shoulder, and behind the cop car is a pickup truck with a guy who's walking beside the pickup truck, picking up the cones from the back of the path. I'm like, oh, this hurts. <laughs> oh, man. Now, what was your time, uh, just I guess to interject, because I think you mentioned it on a past episode, but you, you'd you mentioned you'd done that other 5K a few months before. What was your What was your time on that? My time on that was 54-ish. Okay. And, and honestly, I only lost about 10 minutes. I, I finished this race at 107. Mm-hmm. So I, I lost a little over 10 minutes. Which, uh, given how early, for those that don't know, the, the turn that he mentioned where he... Uh, twisted at the ankle that's not even a mile in no that was like three quarters of a half half to three quarters of a mile in and i mean between that i just yeah no but you've given your daughter the inspirational speech about i gave uh, her the inspirational speech as we as we moved past each other that losers whine about their best exactly (laughs) (laughs) i didn't finish it but you know what it is yeah so so no i i went around and i finished and i'm 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 walking around and uh, uh, I come around the last quarter and there's a cop who was taking out the, uh, uh, barriers that they'd used to block the parking lot and mm. were shifting them to block the end of, of the road so they could take the finish line apart because <laughs> he apparently didn't realize that there was still somebody coming. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I had to walk around the barriers he was, wa- he was putting in place <laughs> as they were closing it and the other cop was still following me. Uh, and then I got to the end and there's, there's like a couple people sitting there with the, with the, with their, uh, uh, with the medals for me. And some a guy sitting up there taking a picture and I was like, you guys can go home now. If anybody's behind me, they're dead. There's no <laughs> way, there's no way there's anybody left behind me. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I'm sad that you got injured. It's it was okay. funnier though. It because was, of it it. Was. I, I literally, I, when I crossed the two mile mark. I called my wife on the mm. phone and I was like, why don't you guys go sit in a car or go inside or do something? Cause I just crossed the two mile mark and, um, it's going to be a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was nearby when that call came in. Cause, cause they were, we were watching, we, we really started to pay attention after about, uh, about 45 minutes on the clock because we, we recall, like, I think that was kind of your, your, that was my target. Op, your, op, that was your, my target. Your target originally. time was forty-five, right. which we knew it wouldn't be forty-five on the clock because you didn't start at the front. So right, but I'd be in that. Would that was my target? Time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, no, that was it. It was absolutely something special. I'm going to go with that. Mm. It was. It, it was. It was. Fun's not necessarily the word I would use. 
I think the previous one I'd done was much more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's probably because I wasn't in pain in that one. I mean, that's the thing. This is, I was in so much pain that I was like on the verge of crying, but I was not out of breath at all. Right. Because you weren't exhausted. Right. It wasn't exhausted. Every step hurts. It's just, it hurts. And and, and when I tried to speed up, it got much worse. So I ended up being just that, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, slow. That's what, that's what it ended up taking me to get through. But you know what? I finished. That is the important part of the overall you did, story. You got your you finished. got your completion medal. I I might have to go through and uh do a lot of exercise and redeem myself next year. Maybe I'll consider it. Uh, but yeah, now that's the that's the question. That's Danny's question: Is are we going to do another one? I uh, I don't know. I'm gonna. I I honestly. I have to get another ankle brace for sure, and but I don't think I can unless I get it, until I get a lot more of the weight off. Mm. Uh, it's just too painful, because um, I'm fat. And I mean that that's just honest truth. I'm 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 too heavy, and it's too much strain on my joints. I need to work on getting enough of the weight off uh, that I'm not in pain doing it. So. If I can get that done, yeah, I could see doing another one. I know my daughter would be very happy if I did. Right. I, I yeah. My impression was she was really pleased that. Um, oh no, she loves it that I do anything like that. It's just like in her summer practice, she loves when I come and walk. Even though while she runs and does everything and I walk, mm-hmm. she knows I can't keep up with her. But she loves that I, I I'm doing something and 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 and, and trying to be part of it. So. Maybe what you need, though, isn't so much the, the other ankle brace, but more Patreon motivation. <laughs> so when I look this morning, our Patreon count is at 42 patrons nice. right now. So maybe we could say if we get up to 60, we'll schedule another 5K. And that's a pretty decent jump in Patreon members. What do you think? I can't, I can't tell you that it'd be a year out. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But it'll be several months out, I'm sure. I, I, Unless these I, listeners I are like, get, you know what? I'm going to dig up that dollar. I need to get. I'm going to dig up that dollar. I need to lose some weight. I'm going to dig up the dollar. Uh, based off of all the stuff they stuck in our in our bib packets, it doesn't look oh, like no, there was anything all like. all the time. Yeah, there are, but it didn't seem like there were any in January. Maybe there was one in February. It seemed like a lot were as of March. So yeah. I think they take like more of the winter off was my impression. Yeah, no, so. there was like one in January. And the, oh, I didn't even see that one. Yeah, yeah, and that's just that. That's just what they put in that bib packet. The mm. if you like, like go to the running sites. There's like two or three every weekend. I mean, my my overall takeaway was uh, though I I have to push back on on Danny's thought that now people like uh, that I would want to do a 10k. The answer to that is absolutely not. Um, I don't think I could see myself wanting to work in that. Much. I've read online that it doesn't. One's life doesn't have to become training really to get up to the 10 K level. But like once you reach half marathons, it sort of takes over your life. Uh, so it's like, yeah, that's like becomes your thing. If that's what you want to do. And I know that's how, how Danny is. He loves to run. Uh, I don't love to run. I do love the sense of accomplishment of finishing something like that. Uh, and true. the idea of trying to improve my times is attractive, like in a self competitive sort of way. So I could see doing more five Ks, but I think, I never was big into distance running. I think I think three point one miles is probably sufficient. For, I I I, I, I don't disagree. I I mean I would never even consider 
but, a 10K, but, but, um, but trying to stay in enough shape and get better at five K's. Yeah, no, I could, I could see trying to do that. So plus one of the things is, uh, is now that I'm in better shape than I was, it's easier to do the runs, uh, like at least the couple miles that I've, I've still continued to try and do. Um, and in historically in the winter, I haven't done anything like I do not bike. I do not cycle in the winter. Right. And see, and that's part of my problem is that like over the summer, I was doing multiple days a week of, di- of distance, at least walking and, and light jogging and all sorts of prep. And for this one, I did some, but not a whole lot because most of it required, like if I went to use the elliptical, just because of how life was, is I had to wake up and get to the gym and use the elliptical before going to work. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of days where I didn't have time for that. So I would just have, all I had was like walking around at work. And then as it was getting colder and wetter and that was becoming less of a thing. So no, I need to work on a better exercise plan if I'm going to do it again. Yeah, well, it's, it's up to the Patreon members now. You got to get those. We got to get them numbers up, guys. Come on. Where do you want more stories like this? Do you want a story where Tony has to like fix his knee with a bandana and his, <laughs> and his other knee is like he tapes three uh, water bottles to it in order to brace it on the fly? I mean, so only, what we're really going to do is only we'll, the Patreon will we'll get we'll get a wheelchair and I can sit in the wheelchair and Dennis will push me through the 5k at his, at his pace. There were a lot of stroller people. There were a lot of, they all passed me. I was like, yeah, I'm what's with this. I think the babies are sharing their crack sugar with the parents. When I was doing the practice over the summer, there was a lady who we saw multiple times who had like two kids in a stroller and Mm -hmm. was like sprinting. Mm Mm-hmm. They're fat. Oh, there were some really fat. I mean, there, there were times I didn't know people could achieve times that they were getting on this stuff. And I was yeah. like, holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> holy cow. My lungs I hurt mean, thinking about it. To be fair, if I could run a 5K in 16 minutes, I could see where you might run 5Ks all the time. Because what's 16 minutes out of your day? Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> all right. So that is our super ultra long intro. Thank you, Danny, for the suggestion and the Patreon folks for, who gave all their encouragement and right. such. Tony shared a couple of photos he took on the Instagram. I have those and the uh, official race photos that I could find, at least some of them, uh, with you and I in them. Oh, they were terrible. Also on the at Patreon. least the ones of me were terrible. Yeah. They actually got you on the. Like, I couldn't find one of me in the course. They they did have one of you on the course, uh, and then of course the f- start and the finish. Ooh, right, everyone gets photoed basically there because they're photo bombing constantly. Yeah, because they're just they got going, a guy click, up on a ladder click, 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 click. Yeah. So, so I've got all those up on Patreon for people that want to go and enjoy those. And I also have a surprise uh, babies first that I threw up uh, oh, the other babies day. Babies first five k. No. No, this is not. This is an old one. I wasn't oh. sure where it was. It was, it was babies first. Uh, um, I forget what it's called. It was a baby's first pinball debate. That's what it's called. Ah. Baby's first pinball debate. Uh, so I went ahead and gave that as like a as a Christmas present to the Patreon members. So Eclectic Gamers uh, Patreon is patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers for those that care. Let's finally get into the meat of the show. This is our year-end review. I don't want to spend a lot of time on news because I want to spend a lot of time talking about the year in review. So here's the quick pinball news for you, Tony. You ready? I'm going to do it all in one breath. 
Gary Stern has stepped down as CEO of Stern, but he, uh, but he is still chairman of the board. Uh, Stern has released a limited, I think, a 300-count uh, r- rush, like, loot crate thing with maybe $150 worth of stuff in it, but it's $500 <laughs> to it get. And uh, also, per Nap Arcade, and I have a link to this in the show notes, Multimorphic has noted that it is still 10 to 12 weeks behind the original estimates for shipping three P3 orders, and a new order will have an approximate one-year wait. Okay. That's the news. Beautiful. Thank you. That's lovely. So let's do the review. Are you ready? Let's start. All right. So uh, we did have a a request from Tony V, uh, one of our patrons, uh, wanted us to talk about what exactly we think wins Game of the Year at the Twippies. That was sort of his specific question. I I paraphrased it. Um, And you know what? Because I I haven't really been talking Twippies itself, but I'm broadly thinking about any sort of award like the Pinball News Game of the Year, uh, Pinball Award uh, stuff, uh, Pinball Award season, of course, is upon us. So it's a fair question. Um, I think... I think it's Rush, and I I don't know. I there are some people who absolutely love love Rush, but I don't know how much of this is going to be a combination of people who love Rush and also like everything else is kind of like a step below it. Yeah, like it's it's. I mean, we're, we'll talk about it when we go through the games in the year in review. But so that's my guess is I everything else that came out, in my opinion, either is too seldomly encountered in the wild or owned to have a chance of winning or had too many flaws. I think that makes sense. I think the only thing that could possibly give it a run would be toy story. Right. And I don't think it's even, and I think, and I don't think it's close. I think there's a very vast difference between those two games. And here's the thing. I don't really like either game. I know, but rush is a substantially better game in my opinion. I'm not saying Toy Story's bad. I think Toy Story shoots fine and fine and everything. It's just not what I would have hoped for. Well, let's get into that. So let's go let's ahead go. And, and do the year in review. So we'll do okay. it by we'll do it by company. I I ran this list through some other individuals in the hopes of making sure that I I've got everything. Uh, apologies if I don't. And you know, feel free to write into eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com how I failed you and your your obscure branded thing that I didn't mention um, because I'm sure you will if I missed any, but I, I tried not to. So we'll start with Stern and we'll start with Rush because that was the first one that they did. They only had two releases this year of note. So as I said, I sort of think Rush is going to be the de facto winner, not on not for every award. Like I don't think it's win in art, for example, uh, but but I do think it's going to be the de facto game of the year winner for pretty Probably. much everyone. Um, broadly speaking, the rule set is very very popular. Uh, I understand the rule set better now than I used to. I still don't love the layout of Rush. That's my biggest problem with it. I don't hate it. Uh, it's just kind of like, eh, for me. I like. I feel like it's a game where you're in the scoop an awful lot, and that's probably what fundamentally kind of irks me about it. Right. But overall, it's a solid game. Uh, very well reviewed. Uh, like tournament people love it. They made a a, a lot of them. Uh, Canada is going to vote in droves for this in part because they're all rush stands up there and they were all like nationally obligated to buy this game. So I think rush is a, is a very successful game for Stern. It so, was a very successful game for Stern. I mean, the only other game that I, I can think of that they put out this year was James Bond, which, Oh my, Oh my, Oh my, as the, as the meme would say, it yeah. is 
Yeah. What are your thoughts on on Bond? Bond. I mean, I haven't played it yet, even though we do have it on location. So let me qualify that. I haven't played it either. I will say Bond is Stern's worst launch in a decade. Mm. I I can't think of another one. Mm. I can't At at the bare minimum, since 2015, I can't think of a a worse launch and worse overall feedback. I can't even think of a Stern game where I've heard more complaints about the game than I have on Bond since at least 15. Yes, I know. It's it, it's a, I think the, the nutshell summary about Bond is exactly what you've indicated. Terrible launch. If I was to use two words to summarize Bond, it's terrible launch. And unfortunately for Stern, I think the sales in the end on this game will never get to what they had hoped. I actually feel pretty bad for for the designer of the game, George Gomez, because he is a huge Bond. I just uh, saw an interview that Joel Engelberth did on the Flippin' Out uh, YouTube channel, actually, with George. And you can tell, and I'd heard it in other interviews, like when George was on Super Awesome Pinball Show, he loves James Bond. He's all in on that theme. And it's so unfortunate that this game, it ain't ever getting to be what Rush is. It, it, it there's it, it will never get there and it might with code updates and everything else it might slip into being one of those like acceptable like oh this wasn't a trash game no just but nobody nobody cares it's that's exactly. the best it's going to be it's exactly gonna be a nobody cares it's game. a it's the reason why when you go on pin side and you look up the walking dead it's still not at all that highly rated of a game because when it came out the code sucked yeah and the game was just not seen as good. And in this case, it's not even like it, it. Well, it's, it's that plus it's just like everything went wrong. Obviously the queen's death stuff complicated the launch. Um, George has spoken about that. That was kind of out of their hands. That was right. The licensor had certain, uh, you know, the, given what the property is to the UK and all of that. But when they finally revealed it for it to be so unbaked in terms of rules. And again, as we talked about on last week's or last episode's rumor corner, the rumor is that's not Stern's programmers being too slow. It's the licensor on approving all of these assets. Right. They are just taking forever. But the bottom line is you launched when it wasn't ready. And so everyone sees an unfinished product when it started to arrive on location and people are saying that the Dr. No mode isn't in the Dr. No version. It's like, it's laughable. <laughs> the fact that Stern canceled a cornerstone this year they took all of that energy all of that time all of that out of the year and then when they dropped their next cornerstone it was this turd yeah it's just i you know the the rumor at the time i didn't think bond was going to be what the other one was this year i thought it was going to be venom and everything that's happened since then makes me think it should have been venom it yeah. feels like they did james bond because october was going to be the 60th anniversary of james bond but the game wasn't ready and even if stern's end was ready since it didn't already have all the license or approvals in place they jumped their they jumped their own gun yeah, And it's unfortunate because a lot of people have noted, like it's got an interesting layout. Gomez did a very different layout than a lot of people kind of stereotype him at. Like he hasn't done a three flipper layout since his first game. He's only done two, two flipper ever since Corvette. But this is a three flipper. 
But I mean, it's just it's like a series of, of weird events with the the approvals and stuff are the biggest hurdle. You know, I don't think it helped matters where people noticed like the the dual synced pop bumper on the premium LE. He actually uh, addressed that with Joel. I felt he, he did come across a little defensive. I get it uh, in the sense that like the argument was, why would we stick in you know an expensive bill of material node board for one more pop bumper? I feel I designed the pop bumper so that they actually work really well together while both dual firing. But on the flip side, when you've raised the premium price seven hundred dollars from your prior release, it's really like it's it gets it gets a little hard to say. Well, maybe you should have dropped the money, yeah, um, because it feels like you're not put you're like you keep raising prices significantly. But they would have just raised the prices because of it. Sure, sure. They would have just but made the increase again, more. People, pinheads aren't always logical. It's oh, just that's the truth. Like, arguing that well, it was more important to do other things with the bill of materials. I think is a very sound argument. But when prices, be it inflation or anything else, are going up so significantly over the last few years, people are starting to get a little sensitive when they feel like you're cheaping out under the hood because you're just wanting to increase the profit margin for your new your new investors or whatever. Right. So it doesn't I'm just all I'm saying is like every little piece is making is undermining the ability for the success of this game. You and I are in a discussion, uh, <clears throat> several messenger groups with people. One of them is involved with a distributor, um, and they've noted their sales fell off a cliff on Bond. Like, yeah. There was the initial hype, and those orders will be filled, but it's not like that they're turning those out anymore. Instead, people are going back to the back catalog and buying things like Rush. So, Because Rush is seen as a complete game. Right, which just makes complete sense. So, So that's it for Stern. So let's move to Jersey Jack Pinball. You noted you felt it was the most likely uh, contender you know, I guess what you're thinking of second place in the game of the year run right. with Toy Story Four. So, what are your what's your take on the review of like Toy Story Four? What's your thought of because clearly you don't think it's winning against Rush. I, I don't think it is unless there. I mean, it can win due to the fanboy uh, contingent, but even with me not liking Rush, Rush is just so much better of a game than Toy Story. But that said, I've heard a lot of people whose kids really like Toy Story and say it's a lot of fun. But the problem is, is the kids aren't the ones buying the games and keeping the games. Right. I. It is. I mean, we've played it. I've played it pretty extensively mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, it's. I don't hate it. I don't. I don't hate how it shoots, but it's not. I never sit down on it and feel like I'm having fun. Yeah, I could see that. It's not the game that I want to pump more quarters into. I mean, because I sit there and play it, and two games down is Jurassic Park, and or I was actually to be fair, two games down is Taxi. Mm, Comrade Taxi. Yeah. Uh, three games down is Jurassic Park, both of which I would much rather dump quarters into than Toy Story Four. Yeah, I. Uh... I mean, I agree in part. I like ge- in terms of geometry. I think I actually enjoy shooting Toy Story Four a little bit better than I enjoy shooting Rush. Uh, maybe because it's uh, it's an easier shooter, so yeah. I don't feel like such a bad player with it. However, the 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 straightforwardness of being able to get through the game uh, because it's it's easy, right? It's like baby's first wizard mode. So, so given their decision to do that, I think they ended up. Under, I think that's great for location, but we know Jersey Jack doesn't make its bread on location sales. Right. They make it on home sales, and it's hard 
There are a lot of people who own a game until they win it and then they immediately let it go. That whole audience is alienated on wanting to buy a, buy a Toy Story 4, I feel, because, I mean, I still remember when, granted, he had had other games on it before, but when Zach took a, he loans games to Joel Ingoblerth to, to stream for flipping out. He took the game down, Toy Story 4, set it up. First game they played, Zach got to the wizard mode that's, on stream. I, that's rough. You know what? I bet you he didn't make any sales off of that stream. In fact, it wouldn't shock me if he lost a few. Yeah, like no, I would definitely be. <laughs> because people will see that and they'll be like, why would I buy this thing new when it's that easy? Right. And But I think fundamentally the problem with Toy Story isn't, isn't the uh, depth of code or the rule stu- structure or the shots. I don't, that's going to appeal, as I've argued, it's going to appeal to certain people in a certain way and other people it won't appeal to, to want to buy it or whatnot. You know, I have my theories and I've, I've expressed them. I think what's wrong with Toy Story 4 is two things. One, the wrong version of the license, which Obviously. we've talked about. Toy Story 4, absolute worst pick you could possibly do. Disney may have forced them to do it, but, but they could have still walked away. And, and, it hurt, I, yeah. and I could see JJP's argument being, well, we that's silly. Like, we shouldn't give this up. And I'm like, uh, maybe you should have. Uh, and part of that was they took so long coming out with, like, they were originally planning to do Toy Story. This rumor that they had the Toy Story license predates Toy Story 4. Disney wanting Toy Story 4 is because they took so long to put it out. Right. Which is just an ongoing JJP so that, problem. So, yeah, exactly. So ultimately, <clears throat> this is not a we can try and blame Disney. This is not Disney's fault. This is JJP's fault, in my opinion. So that's problem one. And then problem two, $15,000. Oh, excuse me. That's the high dollar model, 12000 for. Oh, the, that's uh, so much better. Exactly. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And so I think wrong license and priced way too high for the wrong license. Had this been Toy Story 1, you'd have been able to squeeze more people up to 12. At Toy Story 4, absolutely not. A game as easy as Toy Story mm-hmm. 4 is. Yes. So 12000 for a game that some people aren't even going to want to keep a month, and then they need to try and sell it. And then, of course, the market speaks as the market always does. And while this isn't like Halloween levels of, of price fall off percentage wise, I again, I talk to multiple people who are involved with distributorships. These games, like they're stuck on inventory. Like they've got CE people who, who didn't want it anymore sorts of stuff. I mean, it's a problem. That's bad. It's a problem. And with the rules that all these pinball, and this is not just a JJP problem, but with these rules that these pinball manufacturers like to play with their distributors, where they say things like you're not allowed to sell below the MSRP and stuff or certain set prices. It's like, who wants to take your product if they're going to be stuck with it? Cause no one's buying it at 12. Right. Sorry. That ship sailed. <laughs> that ship sailed a while ago. So I'm very curious in, you know, based off of us reviewing 2022 here and what JJP did, whether or not they are going to, I I don't think they changed the price on Toy Story 4. I don't think they could bring themselves to do it. The question is, do they go down on price for the next release? It's happened. It's happened before. American Pinball did it with Hot Wheels. I don't think JJP will do it. Okay. I think they should do it. The rumor is the next game is Godfather, and I just don't see that license moving units. I don't. I don't understand it. I mean, I, I just do not, for the life of me, understand Godfather as a theme. 
I mean, there are so many. If you want that kind of gangster style movie or whatever, there's several to pick from that would actually move games. Godfather is not it. And don't get me wrong. I love Godfather, but that is not a theme for a pinball machine. I mean, I think we'll be giving plenty of commentary about that in 2023 when it drops. Yeah. Um, So let's move on to Chicago Gaming Company. So they did not have a new reveal this year. The only real thing they of note it, that I put down, at least, is they finally, very, very recently, after extensive sanding. Lots of sanding. All of the sanding. Reportedly, allegedly, uh, finally are shipping Cactus Canyon LE, a game that was revealed in October of 2021. And again, the uh, rumors are that that their next game pulp fiction is ready has been ready but so presumptively it's that they haven't been able to get these le's out that they've held off on doing the reveal why would they do that though i mean unless they were worried that it would hurt the sales because people would go well you haven't made anybody right for your last game why would we buy anything from you now maybe Maybe, you know, I, d- I don't know. Assuming that it wasn't a labor issue and it was like a parts issue to finish the toppers out, which is always what they've sort of presented. Right. Uh, it, yeah, I do think it's a little weird that they didn't go ahead and, and press on unless the topper happens to use some component that they also need for the new game. But, which is possible. But, but also, in fairness, uh, they might not like this fairness, but in fairness, um, CGC has always been slow. When at oh, least yeah, when it comes no, to totally. pinball, like remember Monster Bash remake was like the was the let's use the the stupid the stupid uh, um, stereotypical statement we always say with pinball worst kept secret in pinball, but everyone knew Monster Bash remake was coming and it just took forever and a day uh, because of you know whatever approvals or changes they were doing or bill I mean we don't know they're kind of tight lipped which isn't unusual in pinball but it you know they they are a slow company. And, uh, I think that it's, it's unfortunate, um, the, but financially, I mean, they also are very diversified, so they don't just do pinball. So in that regard, they probably have been in a position where just focusing on cactus was okay. Yeah. I mean, it did sell very well. A lot of people at the time when it was revealed in 2021 felt that all of the models were very well priced. So it was like, there were some. There were some claims that the LEs were too cheap and, and things like that. All right, yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I think it, it may have broken in their favor really well because that was still kind of what we consider pandemic buying. And 2022 is a year where we are more people are traveling again. So I don't count it as obviously COVID is going to be with us for, for a very long time, if not forever. But um, we're not in pandemic buying anymore. People are out actually, like d- by and large, doing what they used to do. Right. Taking vacations is what I really mean. So pinball purchase. Like, <laughs> people aren't just buying a bunch of toys for their home anymore. People that used to spend that stuff on trips are doing that again. So, because we've moved back into a point where you can do that. So once yes. again, experiences trump thing. It depends on the individual. But yes, for a lot of people, that is the case. Uh, so speaking of uh, cases, Scooby-Doo likes to solve a lot of cases. So let's move into spooky pinball. Obviously, they've mostly spent this year building Halloween and Ultraman. They did have the TNA 2.0 reveal, which yeah. uh, that's already a proven game. They did not sell out. You can still go and try and order one. 
uh, Scooby-Doo, same sort of thing. Last I checked uh, earlier this week, I could have put this in the news section, but I, I'll mention it here. They have finally, through their site, opened it up so you do not need to be a Fang Club member to order a Scooby-Doo. Because, because it didn't sell out. Right. Now, this is also their largest run ever. 1,969 units is roughly 200 more units than Halloween and Ultraman combined available. And we had that discussion yes. recently that we think that they've opened up their build unit numbers too high. At, at least if the goal is for sellout immediately. Um, which, you know, it's up to you whether you think that's important or not. And, of course, up to them. Uh, but, obviously... Uh, I think there's still been a lot of license excitement for Scooby-Doo. I think it was... Uh, I mean, yeah. In fact, of all the licenses of in this list that we're talking about, I think it's the best one. I, I agree. Mean, I think it's better than Rush. Yes. Uh, uh, I think it's probably better than James Bond, even. That one's... I'm, I'm a little torn on because James Bond's so iconic and seems to lend itself to pinball, but so does Scooby. So I, you know, I don't know. Like, people know both. Right. But I think most people have been exposed to Scooby-Doo. I... I I'm a little surprised, but there actually are a lot of people that have never seen a Bond movie. They've just never, like, they've always avoided it. Uh, and then I think everything else is just like a, a pretty much a tier below. Though we could argue some of the Pinball Brothers stuff might be at that same level. We'll get to that here in the list in a little bit. But anyway, um, I think the issues with Scooby-Doo, which, again, we just talked about this on the last episode, so we don't really need to rehash this. I still think that uh, the layout looks unimpressive better than halloween halloween i feel was a very bad layout however again someone else i had made a, a joke about horseshoe shots someone else went in and actually counted them all there are four 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 shots and for those that don't know a horseshoe shot is where you shoot into one spot and then very close on the other side of the horseshoe essentially the ball spits right back out yeah there are the i had identified one in the upper play field then the one on the lower play field left one on the lower play field right the upper play field actually has two wow so that is a lot of horseshoe. I mean, that's like more horseshoes that come in a, in a bowl of Lucky Charms. That's bad. So That's rough. But it looks like it's going to be a fairly easy player because of those shots. I mean, I'm assuming they put those in for speed reasons, but uh, they're also very predictable. So anyway, we'll see. But but that's just my opinion on, on the uh, on the amateurish look of the design itself. I think the bigger issue, though, that people regarding Spooky have is... Uh, the QC, quality control. Yeah, and until they get a full handle on that, there's always going to be concerns, and they've done nothing to allay the concerns, and they've shown no real improvements. Right. It's. I mean, I had read reports that the, um, the TNA 2.0s are inferior build quality to the 1.0s, which is shocking, really, is. when you consider it's been years uh, since they did the TNA 1.0 builds. And uh, I, I heard an interview, it was on Loser Kid Pinball Pro Podcast with uh, with Bug, with us, uh, with uh, Spooky, who is one of the designers of the, of the layout and you know, son of, of Charlie Emery, who, who founded Spooky Pinball. And there was, a, there was a part in the interview that I thought was sort of interesting where he got asked about they asked him about the QC stuff and one of the things he this is a paraphrase obviously but that bug said was well we're uh, you know we're always learning from what we've what we've experienced you know what didn't work so well on the on prior games and i think he i think the phrase that stuck with me was like you know there are a hundred things that you know there are a hundred things we learned from halloween that you know we're able to take advantage of and and 
do different or make improvements or whatnot on Scooby. And I, I you know, I, it, it's clearly hyperbole. I'm not going to say, <laughs> uh, because you know, the, the literal side of me would then have, if I were doing the interview would have said, Oh, okay. A hundred, huh? Name 20, name 20 things you learned. He named one though. He named one. And here's the thing that, that again, it's an interview that, you know, whatever people like right. to throw out numbers to kind of just suggest things. I'm not, I'm not trying to throw them under the bus or anything. What I'm saying though, is it's real easy to talk about learning stuff. I think what you and I both realize, cause we've played a lot of different spooky games is they are of the major manufacturers. They are the worst at quality control and they've been the worst for years. Yep. Like when are you going to, when are you actually going to finally like American pinball came on the scene and their build quality is better. Why they were brand new at it. They've been at it less than you, and they've been better from the get-go. I don't get it. Like, get it together. Figure it out. And that's not talking about the design. It's not talking about the rules. It's not talking about anything other than your game shouldn't fall apart. Correct. They say it's going to be better, and it may be this time, but they've said it every time. And while they may have made incremental improvements, it definitely stands in stark contrast to the superior build quality of all of their major competitors. Right. And that's always going to be a sticking point. Yeah. Until they can finally prove that. The, and the thing is stuff like TNA 2.0 being worse doesn't give anyone any confidence. And people are, again, we're not in the pandemic buying period. People are not just buying everything anymore. Right. They're being choosy. And especially when you're, when you're bringing up run counts around 2000 units where people are easily going to find the games used, even if they're good. Right. It's just different now. So I, I I remain hopeful because I think Spooky actually does get, uh, and I think some people maybe think we're, we're overly harsh on Spooky. I don't think we're any harder than we are on anyone else, but obviously we weren't fans of what they did with Halloween. Not uh, at all. I owned a Spooky build. I have to say Spooky build because they didn't design TNA, but uh, TNA 1.0, I still own it technically. Um, the thing is, I, I think they have great art. I think they get great licenses. I think they have a lot of passion for pinball, but... They could be a lot better, and they're actually pretty big in the hobby. So, I mean, there might be other companies that have inferior build quality. You might be able to argue like Pinball Brothers is doing worse than you definitely could have argued Highway was worse than them, in my opinion. Uh, you might be able to argue Alien from from Pinball Brothers is a worse build than than Spooky, but of the biggies, you know, CGC, JJP, Stern, AP, uh, they're they're the, they're the fifth. Yeah. On quality, on build quality. So, uh, multimorphic. So, uh, uh, it always gets, uh, hard. <laughs> I'm just thinking it gets hard for me because there's so many, obviously they can, cause so many games can come out because of the third party stuff. Right. So in terms of the third party stuff way back in January, I think it was revealed in December, but I think the game was available publicly in January was, uh, was flipper Foxtrot rhythm explosion. I'd completely forgotten about this was back at the beginning of the year. And I don't think we got a chance to play it. I haven't haven't played it. Uh, because again, when it's third party, like when we go to TPF, um, generally, I I don't want to say always, but generally I don't think the P three multimorphic booth has the third party stuff. At least I don't remember seeing it. And I don't know anybody with a P three. Right. So, Anyway, that was software for the for the Canon Lagoon module. Uh, then Drained just came out. Uh, they just uh, Nick Baldridge uh, for amusement only 
Um, he's like incorporated to to do the third part because he's building a module for that. We've uh, we just recently talked about mm-hmm. that. That obviously is just now going out beyond his testers. Uh, so that's not gotten wide exposure. Today. So we can't really say anything about player experiences because the only experiences we know are the are the people that did all the beta testing. Right. So uh, the main one, of course, is the first party one with its own module, and that's Weird Al's Museum of Natural Hilarity. Um, you played it. Yeah. What were your thoughts? I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was, uh, fun. I'm a big Weird Al fan. So that helps. That means it's directly targeted at my interests. Uh, but as I said at the time, I'd never own one. Mm. What is it about it? it I, I don't want to get involved in the P3 ecosystem. Okay. Yeah, I I mean that I'm not interested in the P3 ecosystem myself as a as a pinball collector. It's just not something that that resonates with me. Right. Uh, I did enjoy the game. I I did. I only got to play it a couple of times. I still I don't have enough time on it and Heist to say like how I would rank the two. Like I'd right. still probably no. tell you I liked Heist more. Um, that might not be fair though. I might need. Uh, more time it isn't than, fair. I'll say it isn't yeah. fair. I would need more time to know that's let allow me to flip flop on that. It may not be true, but um, I thought they theme integrated really, really well. Mm-hmm. It definitely um, did. Uh, there was a lot of stuff about the rollout of Weird Al that I had a lot of problems with. Very much. In fact, uh, you might have had even more problems because you were you uh, did a couple of uh, like Instagram videos on things that were just like kind of amateur hour mistakes sort of stuff would be right. I think was a fair way to describe it. Um, my biggest issue, uh, and again, it doesn't affect me cause I'm not trying to buy it, but as a, like as an observer is the, they're almost a victim of their own success, right? It's as we noted in the news thing per their own statements, it's still a, I mean, it's still a year to get a P3. So, and it's 10 to 12, they're 10 to 12 weeks behind on the original estimates on shipping the, pending p3 order so they're still within the range of their you know they have that uh nuclear option where people can get out of their deposit right. if they fall i think six months beyond the original estimate so they're still safely within that range uh it's sort of a thing where you know not to go back to spooky but this one of the issues i've had with spooky's orders i know they generally beat their 18 month estimate but i don't believe in placing orders and waiting a year right i mean that's just one of those things that i mean if you're looking at it with a year wait, people who ordered when this game was announced were not even around to that group yet. Mm. Right, right. Yeah, we knew people that had ordered back in Expo of 2021 that had only gotten their games just before Expo of 2022. Right. And, you know, uh, I mean, it's just, a, that, to me, it's like there are two types of people with a P3. There's some people that get, they go, it's like all in. I'm all in. I have to add the whip. I think it's important. All and, right. And, uh, you know, just sort of absorb everything. They love everything about it. And then there are others that seem to order it because they're into Weird Al or like how it played or just like the theme. But again, now that we're not in that pandemic buying period, that's competing with a lot of other stuff. And to a lot of the people that were only interested in Weird Al, this is a very expensive system. For that one game, yeah, it's point. around that's thirteen. A lot of money, give or take. So, if that's the only game you care about, it get like those individuals are still thinking possibly about trading that system out. They don't want to use it as a system; they're using it as a single pinball machine, right? 
So long term, I don't know. I, it's still, I think, been very, very successful. If if Multimorphic can continue to do games like this, I think they're going to find a lot of success. Uh, but they got to get the build speed up. Uh, they sitting here with a backlog of a year doesn't do them any favors because. As we know, pinheads have uh, short-term memory issues, and they are impatient. Oh, and, shiny! Yeah, exactly. And again, I'm not being ju- I'm not being judgmental. I'm the same way. I would not wait a year for a game. If I, anything, they have been saved by the fact that every other pinball announcement this year since Weird Al has been crap. If there had been a high quality like big release since weird Al, they'd be in a lot more trouble than they have been so far. That's I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, they, they had a winner of a theme, uh winner of a layout winner of rules. I think, but I, th- this was a very good reveal for them. They also were pretty early in the year, which yes. helped as well. And, uh, some of the other manufacturers, not only are the, their games more flawed in some capacity versus what Weird Al is, uh, I think we still have seen a number of production issues with a lot of... I mean, obviously Stern has a very large backlog, but they, they haven't struggled to get... like You can now order new Sterns. You, just, right. you can't order new Godzilla premiums and get them immediately. But a lot of the other stuff you can get readily easily. Um not every company's been that same way. Like you can get a Toy Story four pretty easily from JJP, but as we've noted, uh, Cactus Canyon, trickle, trickle, trickle. Um, Legends of Valhalla seems to have been a slow build out of American. I mean, it's just right. there are still a lot of delay. But the thing is, it seems like most of those companies are now finally closing those gaps. Right, which is going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Multimorphic. It could. It could. But I mean, if there had been a Godzilla level release. Or, uh, or or another GNR maybe yeah or a GNR release or or, or something like that later in this year I could definitely have seen them losing a large amount of their pre orders yeah I, the the lock in rules probably help a little bit with that um, but people are starting to push back on the uh, again push back is just more like they articulate their annoyance right because we see that a lot with spooky because spooky does that lock in pre order model where you give them interest free loans for a really long period of time yeah no and uh, I would never do that I would no, never and make that's that another purchase. thing I, I you know I've, I've I've talked about that ad nauseum I feel with spooky and I apply that to all companies I don't do pre orders um, but uh, so home pin. Let's go Humpin. to Humpin. Humpin. So wait, people might have forgotten about that, but this is Spinal Tap Pinball was revealed at an Australian show in the late summer, early fall. Uh, the Pinball Hall of Fame in Vegas has confirmed they do have uh, this as Spinal Tap. So it's, I mean, it was, re- I don't remember when it was revealed, but it was released in 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't played it. We haven't been anywhere with one of them. We haven't gone to Vegas. No, we haven't. And I, you know, I, I don't, Gosh, I feel like, am I being too mean? I don't want to be too, I don't want to seem mean. Um, I don't understand why this company makes pinball machines. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's like, it, it's weirdly tar- targeted and done. So It's almost like, is it a tax write-off machine? You know, I, the thing is, it's, I'm not judging. I'm not talking about the gameplay. I'm not talking about the rules. I'm not talking about the quality. I'm not talking about the license. 
it seems that the owner of Homepin does not like pinball. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like no, no, like yeah, I he's understand. Almost like he can't be bothered to sell his own product. It's like it, it, every interview or summary of an interview that I have seen with him regarding Spinal Tap has been either when someone complains about something, this game isn't for you, or that is the job of the distributors to promote the game. He won't promote his own game. And anytime you question anything about it, it's because the game wasn't for you. So as near as me piecing it all together, this game is for no one and he doesn't want to sell it. So I don't know why he made it. That's what it feels like to me. It's weird. When we start factoring in what the game is, I get extra concerned. Like it's got a DMD and an LCD and you're like, why would they, why Uh, the little girl, why not both thing that doesn't work here. Like, why would you, why not? But it's not like a cool kitschy thing like TNA had with the, uh, with the, um, what was it? Uh, the, the alphanumeric or the numeric displays. Right. And then the LCD. It's not that it's exactly what I think any lay person would have come up with. If you had said, if they knew a little bit about pinball and you'd explain what the system was doing, they would have gone, Oh, I guess they're just putting in the LCD because Homepin realized, oh, well, we have to show clips from the movie. So the LCD exists just to show clips from the movie, and the DMD does all the real work. Uh, so you've upped your bill of... Mat- I mean, we're talking about the pop bumper thing with uh, with Gomez and bill of materials, but here it's just like you threw in a whole... like You could have used the LCD to do everything. You threw in a whole DMD and added a bill of material, and this game is not cheap. Thunderbirds, regardless of its quality... <laughs> was very price competitive. Like it was cheaper than a Stern Pro. Right. At least pre-shipping. This is not. This, I I just, I do not, I do not get it. Well, and the thing is, is this is Spinal Tap. is such a niche license. And you've touched on that a few times during the year. Yeah, I, it's not, it's not the best license to have picked, um, but I mean, maybe that's for the best because home pins production capabilities might not be particularly robust. Like they might not be able to turn out a lot of games per week. So keeping the count low could be, I mean, spooky started small and it was right. a good strategy for them. Um, I just, I, I think I want to say that I think this is home pins last pinball machine. I think he wants to make parts. I don't see why he continues to do games that, that are, they just are not good. They're just not like, they're not received well broadly by most people. There are a lot of people who are all in on Thunderbirds. They can't get behind this game at this price point that he launched at. I didn't write down the prices, so I'm not going to quote them again. They're in some past episode if people care. Um, I just don't get it. I don't know. Haggis. Let's move on. Oh, yeah. So Haggis. Uh, Fathom Revisited. So I this, almost forgot about that. Oh, yeah, because it's really more of a 2021 re- release. Right. But there was delay after delay after delay. They did finally start getting them sent out. Um, I'd say the, the reaction is mixed to Fathom Revisited. Generally, I can't think of anyone who has, who has seen it in person who did not say that the game is gorgeous, like the changes aesthetically that were made are excellent. However, at least on the early ones that got over to the U.S., I have heard about a litany of QC complaints, like QC complaints that may be in excess of, of spooky. But Haggis is a lot smaller. Right. Um, so I don't know. I think I don't think that this remake. Let me. So in terms of review, 
Uh, Fathom was an excellent game to remake. I think the plan, which Haggis has announced, was they have a deal with Planetary to do four more remakes, all of that sort of samey era. Here's my, I'm going to go and do a prediction rather than year end. I'm going to do my, my forecasting. My forecasting is they get the Fathom sent out. Uh, Centaur will be the next one they do, and that's the last of these remakes. I don't think the rest probably. Of them, I don't think the rest of them have the demand uh, to warrant the prices that they're going to want to try and command. I don't know that Fathom and Centaur have the demand to well, warrant the prices that. And it's easy because there's a little bit of it's not really sleight of hand because it's not like Haggis did this per se, but Fathom 2.0, the LE version that comes with the uh, additional software and stuff, it wouldn't have sold out if distributors hadn't stepped in at the very end and bought up the rest of them. So right. it wasn't positioned to actually sell out. And one of the problems that that Haggis unfortunately has is so much of the pinball market is in the United States and shipping from Australia to the United States is extremely expensive. They are not in the proper place to build pinball unless they only wanted to target the Australian market, which they don't want to do. Right. So that's kind of where I think their bigger issue is, is that they they've put themselves behind the eight ball in a lot of ways uh, that mean I think they're going to very much struggle to be price competitive. And again, we're not in the pandemic anymore. I just don't, I just don't know how well you do on selling really expensive remakes with offering uh, different uh, code sets, but only for the L now they may make some changes. Like maybe they'll say, all right, moving forward, we got to offer the code set, even for the classic edition and just have aesthetics for the higher end one. We can't just make a special code set for 200 people. It's just not, it's not cost effective right. or 500 or whatever the limit was. Again, I don't know. I don't really care. It was limited. It's all that matters. You can tell I'm getting tired. Um, because there are so many of these companies. Oh, my God. See, that's the thing. It feels like nothing came out this year. I don't even reality, remember some of these companies. Well, I don't even remember talking about some really of these. Minor. All right. So Pinball Brothers, Alien. They're turning these out. Uh, the LV version, which is the limited version, that was the big kind of reveal this year on the Alien front. Um, uh, I, I, again, I, I, I've been hearing repeatedly there are still a number of QC issues with Alien. It doesn't sound like it's as bad as Highway, like they engineered themselves around a lot of the bad stuff Highway did, but there are still a number of build quality issues with what's getting put together. Right. So that's frustrated a lot of people. Uh, the big announcement with them, of course, was the reveal of Queen. Um, production is now starting on that game, but uh, they did take it to a show, but beyond that, it's not really had public exposure. And the general reaction is, meh, layout, ugh, art. And I don't know whether anyone has an opinion on the rules yet. So. Yeah, I've not really heard anything about it. So, so. so that's what they've been doing. Uh, Pedretti, Pedretti Gaming, uh, they did the Funhouse 2.0 Rudy's Nightmare. They actually just uh, revealed their topper, limited edition, uh, sculpt, uh, non-moving sculpted light effect uh, topper. It looks fairly cool because it's it's three-dimensional, but it's not like flat plastic. Yeah, it's but um, it, it's... I the it, only thing it's Funhouse. Uh, you're right. It's a remake kit. I honestly don't care much about remake kits. I, I've played Bride 2.0. It was okay, um, but I don't care. That wasn't out of Pedretti, but that was Dutch pinball. But um, the only thing I I note this is I wanted to mention it because I do think it's a bold move to put mayo on a hot dog, and they even did it on the topper. <laughs> so that they've embraced the nightmare fuel that putting mayo on a hot dog is uh, deserves a call out on this show. So well, it's a hot dog's a sandwich. You I put guess mayo so. on a sandwich. I guess. So, all right. Uh, how about Quetzal Pinball, Tony? You know, you often oh, brought up Quetzal with oh, me. Oh, I mean, my absolute. This is the one I was specifically talking about yep. that I don't even remember nope. them at all. Nope. 
Uh, and there's a reason for that. So uh, back early in the year, we're talking January, was when there was information that came out about Super Hoop, their basketball-themed game. This is a mm-hmm. European company. Um, there was a factory fire that happened, and I don't know if they've gotten any games out since the factory burned. I that don't does know. make it hard. It does. Now, games did go out before the factory burned, and what few reviews I've been able to see, which I think I found like all of two of, is that it was terrible. Like, like one person on Pinside posted in a thread uh, and like they shipped it like they didn't wrap the legs. So the legs scratched the whole cabinet sides up and, oh, no. and there were just, I, it's just like, it was just like a sloppy job, a sloppy oh, job, just even shipping man. it. And there were other issues with the game. So anyway, it was just one of those flash in the pan things. And I don't know what's happening anymore with it. Uh, and then the last of the companies to review, which normally I would have placed a lot higher because they are one of what I consider the five major manufacturers, is American Pinball, who has done nothing. Nothing. Like They've been posting social media images lately of Oktoberfests and Legends of Valhalla, which I didn't even know anyone still wanted Oktoberfest. In fact, I had one of my distributor contacts <laughs> mention when... Uh, you know, bringing up the topic of these Oktoberfest being on the line, that they had forgotten that they had orders back from the pandemic when people were trying to get anything they could. And they just happened to forget that they had pending orders for Oktoberfest. So some of them must be for that distro, but <laughs> I don't, my impression I got was they don't have buyers for them anymore. So they'll just be sitting in inventory. They're just going to sit in inventory. As, mm. as uh, fodder for people that don't want to wait for anything. I get this mental image of rolling them to the back. It's like, it's like that big old museum and in, in Indiana Jones mm. where they're just rolling it to the back and putting it in stores. Yeah. Never be seen again. It's, it's, it's sad. Uh, I mean, obviously, we had talked about on Rumor Corner, and uh, and I've seen it discussed in a variety of places now, especially because there's been some partial art reveals and stuff of Galactic Tank Force. Still not out. Um, in fact, since David Fix has come in to uh, fix... Ah, funny joke. No, no, I know it wasn't funny, sorry. Uh, to, <laughs> to, to turn American Pinball around and make them more successful, the only game they've revealed is Legends of Valhalla, which, kind of like TNA with Spooky wasn't developed by American Pinball. That is a third-party game that they just are building. So I really... I actually looked at the American Pinball thread this week, and there are a number of people that were talking about how optimistic they feel about American Pinball. I do not feel optimistic. I think American Pinball is going to go out of business. They're going to, they need to do something. They need, I, to, they need, they need a reveal, and they need something that actually They sales. are so staff-heavy. I cannot understand how they can survive trickling out legends of Valhalla games and games that were built three years ago. I, I do not, I do not get it. They are not a major manufacturer uh, of, of the output to warrant the size of the staff that they have. In fact, I think spooky turns out more games a year than American. I really do. And I, I don't, I don't get it. Whatever's going on there. It needs to happen faster. Uh, my assumption is Aimtron is carrying this uh, subsidiary and they're going to lose patience. And if I were them, I would have lost patience this year and been like, you know what? I'm giving not, not, I'm sorry, not to be mean to, because more p- pinball companies, the better from a hobbyist perspective, but like from a business perspective, I would be like, why am I floating this? I don't understand. Like, How big are the write off? Why, is, why is, why are we not turning out? It's, and it, it doesn't help when you, 
have staff go out on interviews talking about how they're going to put out three games a year, you know, like Stern, the only one that does that, like you're, you're able to do that. You, then you can't even do one. I, I'll never understand people talking. Oh yeah, no, we're going to do three games this year. And, do two, do two, prove that you can do, you know what? Do one. Well, put out one game every single year. Well, and then bring up a second. So, I mean, we're already over a year past Legends of Valhalla's reveal. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, was we got to play it at Expo 2021. Yeah. Here we are. And that's still just the deluxe or what used to be called the deluxe, the one that was limited to 500. And they're still building those. That's insane. It's sad. And there are a lot of people I really like and respect who work for American Pinball. Uh, I, I have... You know, from an outside, and again, this is all just our speculation, but as an outsider looking in, I do not agree with a lot of those posters in that pin side thread. I am deeply concerned about the survivability of American pinball. I just, the numbers are not working for me. If they don't put out another game, if they, like if they do not announce and drop a game next year, I don't see how they can unless it is purely, purely a tax write-off. And I am very worried, even if it is a, Great game. Galactic Tank Force not having a license to get an initial interest in it. It's going to really come down to being exposed to the game, I think, to sell it. Right. I don't think just saying Dennis Nordman designed it is going to... That'll move some units, but I just... People are going to want to try it when it's not got any sort of touchstone to their childhood to make them want it. You know, it's not like a Godzilla or a Weird Al or right. or even a Toy Story 4. There's no touchstone with it. And I think that can work as long as you get a lot of exposure to the game. But we've seen so many original themes. I mean, again, TNA is one of the most successful ones. It went to a whole bunch of shows, and they still initially only sold 550 of them. Right. I mean, original themes just don't do it. Everyone says they want them. Then they don't. But buy they them. don't sell. They don't buy them. They just yeah. do not sell. And uh, so I don't know. Uh, I I don't want to speculate on what sort of uh, game, like in terms of quality or enjoyment or, or rules. Obviously, with Galactic Team, I just don't know. Um, but I'm I there. I see nothing out of American that makes me optimistic. I'm. I would be deeply worried. I would be deeply worried if I wasn't like an investor. I'm not. So I'm. I'm merely as an observer saying. The tea leaves do not look like I don't see anything optimistic when I look at everything that we've seen publicly about them. I'm like, it, it just doesn't work for me. I just I can't make the math work. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, we're almost done with pinball. Tony. This is going to be a long episode, folks. Um, so we did have a, uh, uh, a request from Andrew D, one of our Patreon members, uh, saying he wanted to know if we could talk a little bit about this topic, and here's what the message said. I am also surprised nobody has discussed professional flippers. I've heard stories of guys with storage lockers with 30 new inbox pins. I have to think these guys are giving kickbacks to distributors to get inventory. I know I used to be able to get LEs without much fuss, but that changed two to three years ago. What's it going to take to put these guys out of business? They provide no value or negative value and just shut people out from the hobby. So thank you, Andrew, for the question. Uh, I don't know when the last time we ever, maybe we've never really addressed flipper. I mean, I think it's probably come we've up. We've talked but. about flippers, but not just like people who pick up their uh, spots in line with the intention of just going, oh, I want the next stern spot in line. 
Uh, and then when they don't like the theme, they sell their spot or the, I want the next JJP spot in line. But like these people who, who just buy games, keep games, keep them boxed up, keep them down or, you know, set off to the side, hidden all that. I mean, they're, I'm trying to think of a nice way to, there, I, there is, there is no nice way to see it. I, they do nothing. You're exactly right. They do nothing for the hobby, but you're never going to be able to make them go away because um, they pay for their machines and then they're their machines. They can do whatever they want with their machines. I, I've never been a fan of this whole um, pinball speculation, pinball as an investment, pinball as a your retirement. That's not my... I, I disagree with going at it that way, but it's a hobby and people can go at hobbies however they want. But no, these people who buy just slots and positions and machines and ju- just to resell them, I agree completely. They are not good for the hobby. I just can't see a way to stop them because, I mean, if that's what somebody wants to do with the machine that they paid for, then they can do whatever they want. The distributors can't stop. This is one of those things where it's, not yet to the point like what we see like with like Ticketmaster and all the ticket resellers anymore uh, that have gotten so bad. These are still more – this is more akin to the scalpers who buy the tickets when they can get them fast and cheap and then resell higher, uh, which are also useless. But I just – I'm not a fan, but I don't know how to stop them because – I don't know that they're doing anything illegal. They're just being no, no, they're they're not. Not nothing on on legality I can think of. The uh, I think the main thing, and, and I agree with what Tony said in summary. Let me get the 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 meat of the <laughs> of the topic out first, uh, and that is about that. There's no real way to get rid of them. Not outright. Not completely. Uh, I do think there are a few things, steps that are steps that are happening, or steps that could happen that um that could help a little bit so i i think the one that we're seeing of course it's frustrating for a lot of people but it is it does seem like a lot of the manufacturers have started to really raise the price on the le models to try and take that ceiling away from it's the theory that the scalper's able to or the flipper the flipper is able to make money on an le purchase because it's a scarcity of supply and the actual amount people are willing to pay is higher than what the manufacturers are charging. So if the manufacturer charges that higher amount from the get-go, there's no ceiling, there's no gap in the ceiling. The right. Flipper can't make any money because it's like, oh yeah, I buy I buy twelve thousand dollar games and I sell them for fifteen thousand dollars. Well, if Toy Story Four is now fifteen thousand dollars, that doesn't make the ceiling, the new flipper ceiling be eighteen thousand. If people don't go over fifteen thousand, then it go over fifteen thousand. That's why I think we've seen very significant LE price increases out of JJP and Stern in particular. I think that's what they are trying to do. Um, so that could work. In theory, it should. It should take some of the the wind out of that uh, because there's just, again, if you can't make any money on it, we see this in all sorts of hobbies. We see this in tennis shoes and in wristwatches, uh, you know, all sorts of things where people anything collectible, right? And so there's that. 
another thing that might help that isn't really anyone doing anything is, again, a lot of this flipper activity, and again, because uh, one of my other hobbies is wristwatches, we saw this big time in the watch hobby, uh, is this became a huge thing in the pandemic when people were just buying a lot of stuff. I think that buying demand, uh, at least that pandemic rush for a bunch of people wanting everything, I think that's going away now. Pinball might actually still be in a stronger sales place than it was pre-pandemic because more people got into it. But I don't think it's going to be like, here's Bob. Bob buys every game right now because he can't leave the house. So he buys every new release. And Bob is rich and wants LEs because he's an elitist. So <laughs> elitist. Yes, I didn't come up with that. That's that's a, <laughs> that's lingo used in, in some other ships. So, so that could help as well. Um, now, some stuff they could consider doing, but it gets tricky, is uh, if the manufacturers feel like what Andrew has suggested, like if there's deals going on between distros and flippers, they could try and do stuff where they spot check sales, like they monitor the LE sales on the secondhand market. And if they know which number they sold to a distributor and there's someone saying, I'm selling, like here's photos, I'm selling LE number 347, and they're like, Yo, uh, dip and doubt pinball. <laughs> yeah, I have to make up a name. Dip and doubt <laughs> pinball always sells this guy the game, and he's always selling it new and like. Right, they, they know they can know who they which distros have which LE numbers, so they could start st- putting in provisions saying your distributorship is on the line if you start flipping to flippers. Like we don't care, we don't care if you're making a back end deal or you just happen to sell to someone that just flips. That person is blacklisted. Watch companies do this. Rolex does this. They actually, in their instance, because it's such an in, uh, in-store location, they actually send in secret shoppers to ADs to try and get them to to sell to, uh, break rules to sell to them. And if they, if they do, they get written up, and they'll pull distro ships. Wow. That's punishment because losing your Rolex distributorship is devastating. Losing, oh, no, it would... and I, I, you know, I'm not consulting right now with some distros here, but uh, a lot of distributors uh, deal for multiple companies. If you don't have Stern, for example, you probably, I don't think you're making a living. Like Stern is so much of the market. Like they could, f- they could fix their problem pretty easily if they wanted to start doing this sort of enforcement. And basically be now, again, it has to flow both ways. If Stern wants people blacklisted, they have to share that with all the distributors and say, this person cannot buy games anymore. And that's what it would take. Um, And some companies are doing that. Spooky announced that for Scooby-Doo, for example, they, they noted like if they see anyone selling a, selling a a CE boxed CE that uh, they'll blacklist them. And, and Spooky doesn't use a lot of distros, so they might right. be able to. Again, it's probably not an issue with Scooby because Scooby didn't instantly sell out, but they, it was one of those things. Like they don't uh, like selling the spot for more or whatever. Like they, they made some verbal statements, at least indicating that they do see it as a problem, which I thought was a positive. So, yeah. So, Andrew, I, I again, like what Tony said, I don't, I don't think there's, you can drive people out of business easily. There's always going to be a market to get something that uh, that's no longer available through official channels. And uh, once people own a game, they do have the right to do with it as they will. But I do think there are some steps that companies are taking to try and take the air out of that market. And there are more things they could do to get rid of the quote unquote professional ones that are doing it a lot. But uh, it takes will to do it. And um, a lot of these companies, I, I mean, really, aside from Spooky, I don't know if anyone's expressed any sort of willingness to 
even uh, make verbal, even if it's paper tiger stuff, make verbal statements. Tiger. Tiger uppercut. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Tony, we are way deep into the episode, but uh, we still have one more pinball thing, and that is Rumor Corner. Rumor Corner. Today's rumor corner, Stern, uh, Back to the Future. There's a rumor going around. Yes, Tony rolled his eyes. People can see it, but I've described it very accurately. Um, so the rumor is 2025, Back to the Future, Stern Kapow collaboration, Elwin on design. Okay, I actually don't have any problems with any of that. Really, I mean, I I, I don't I don't care. 2025, that's a ways out. Uh, it makes more sense as a Stern Kapow than it does being part of the primary Stern lineup. Uh, and and anything that they want to do anything with realistically at this point has to have Elwin involved, it feels like. Well, um, yeah, it's – so given the closeness of Joe Kamakau with the uh, people with Back to the Future, I can't imagine Back to the Future happening without Kapow. So if Back to the Future is happening, I definitely agree. It's happening at yes. Stern, and it's happening with a, as a Kapow It's the only way. Um, more people would probably be interested in getting the game if Elwin's attached to it than just Back to the Future fans because there are a lot of the in Elwin we trust buyers at this point yes. who just want everything that he does. Um, I will say if that aspect of this rumor is true and that aspect in particular of the rumor is true because we have no idea if it is or isn't. This is Rumor Corner, not Truth Corner. Um I am, uh, and I expressed this in a chat, uh, online chat during a, a, a video live stream where people were talking about, uh, stuff. I'm, I'm getting a little, con- just selfishly, I'm getting a little concerned that Stern at this point recognizes that Elwin is their golden goose. And I'm worried that they're going to lime in him where he doesn't work on cornerstones anymore and do pros. It's going to be expensive stuff only boutique stuff only I mean, we had no Elwin game this year, unless here in the last few days of the year they finally reveal the the James Bond 60th because they've confirmed he's on that, but they still haven't revealed it. Right. Um, so that, though, is a limited run, ultra expensive model. And then Back to the Future, if it's Kapow, that means they're doing it the boutique style. So that's going to be premium LE, super LE, most likely. Or like Beatles, gold, you know, all that, where it's all above the usual cornerstone, right? Because Kapow is involved. And remember, uh, when uh, when Lyman was programming with Stern, the last game he did a cornerstone of was Walking Dead in what 2014, and after that, he was stuck on all the expensive stuff. You could never get into his code set at a pro price. And I figured at the time the reason they had done that was because his name sold games because his rules were the arguably the most respected rules in the industry. Right. And Elwin is, I would say, arguably the most respected designer in the industry at this point. He's not had a single flop. And I, uh, it, as from, again, from a business perspective, I totally understand Stern being like, you know what, we're paywalling Elwin. He's going to be only for ultra expensive stuff. And there are people that are going to end up springing more than they want to because they want to get their hands on an L1 game. 
Um, but selfishly, I hate the idea. I do too. I, I really do. And this wouldn't mean that would happen. I'm just, this is me speculating as part of the rumor corner, um, in the hopes that that rumor tains you. I don't know if it did, but I mean, it's, I almost want it to happen just cause I'm tired of hearing about a back to the future remake. Uh, yeah, the light, that theme does nothing for me. No, never has. I'm a huge Back to the Future fan, I'm and not. and the theme does nothing for me. People love it. You know what else people love, Tony? They love video games. Finally, this year in review, I'm just going to touch on a couple of the biggest things. Big main thing this year has been the Microsoft Blizzard merger, mm. still ongoing, still being looked at by multiple countries. Uh, the FTC is still looking at it. Uh, with their suit that they looked at filing, uh, as we spoke about it last time, uh, Microsoft has made a response to the FTC lawsuit, uh, including claims that the lawsuit is unconstitutional. That's interesting. And violates <laughs> the company's fifth amendment right to due process. Uh, their claim on that is because it's not being handled before a judge it's being handled before the ftc's internal uh, okay. group and their internal judgment group which could be argued because there's actually uh cases moving to the supreme court dealing specifically with that issue hmm. with the ftc uh i don't know if the supreme court has taken them up yet uh, but I know it's been talked about that there is uh, an, an investigation ongoing because of the FTC basically holding stuff within their own internal courts, which somehow always finds in their favor hmm. and using it to leverage uh, concessions and such out of companies. Okay. Interesting. So, and because they don't have enough lawsuit, a group of gamers, a group of 10 gamers has filed suit. Uh, against the merger as well, claiming that the proposed acquisition would give Microsoft an unrivaled position in the gaming industry, leaving it with the greatest number of must-have games and iconic franchises. Okay. It seems like a money grab. It's a, hey, how much trouble can we make that Microsoft will buy us out just to end, we'll, we'll settle out of court type thing. Uh is the thoughts I've seen on it listed in a number of law related uh, messages of talking about it. Hmm. Uh, in addition, Phil Spencer uh, has been talking about Sony's opposition to the merger in a variety of interviews lately, including some of the very fun uh, quotes of Sony's trying to protect its dominance on the console. The way they grow is by making Xbox smaller. That's not a bad burn. And also, uh, Sony has a very different view of the industry than we do. They don't ship their games day and date on PC. They do not put their games into their subscription service when they launch their games. Uh, and, and a variety of other arguments basically uh, arguing that Sony is against gamers, where Microsoft is pro-gamer. It's an interesting flip from the last console generation where at the launch Sony was because the Xbox had the online only and all that. And the, and Sony was just like, here's how you share games on Sony PlayStation. This hand one game to the other is very effective. (laughs) Yes. Good burn. And now they and their precious walled garden. Yeah. uh, I long to see it burn. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how it goes Uh, for them. They're still, uh, nothing has had dates set for judgments. Uh, everybody's still looking at the, the middle of 23, having this uh, finalized. 
Uh, we'll just have to see where things end up with the FTC. Uh, my guess is they'll end up with concessions. There'll be concessions mm-hmm. made, uh, probably concessions that Microsoft has already publicly said that they would do. They just will like Call of Duty guaranteed for ten years on right. PlayStation. It'll just be, stuff, yeah. be put in. I know uh, I didn't include the quote in there, uh, but at one one of the points there was talking about. Uh, Call of Duty being this giant game that is that is uh, walled, uh, or they're being afraid of it being walled into Xbox, and how much that'll hurt PlayStation. And, and it came out, it's like, well, nobody but PlayStation's allowed to have a Final Fantasy game, and that hurts everybody else. Mm-hmm. Which is true. Yeah. Final Fantasy 16 is going to be exclusive to PlayStation. So uh, the the Final Fantasy 7 remakes are exclusive to PlayStation. Granted, 14's not, and that's where most of Final Fantasy's money is anymore. Uh, everything else big that happened this year uh, on the legal front of stuff is still just kind of setting where it is. All of the uh, more game quality control testers have successfully unionized, and others have failed. Uh the Activision Blizzard lawsuit for their sexual harassment is ongoing with no real resolution at this time other than the, we've spoken about it in the past where they've filed uh, countersuits against the state of California about stuff. But with the way things move in the courts, we probably won't know more about that stuff until later next year as well. So Okay. Well, I didn't know how you wanted to handle video game uh, year-end review. So what I did is I put out a call to our Patreon members. There are rewards for being Patreon members, not just long 5K explanations and photos, but also involvement in helping craft the show. So I asked them to share things that they wanted to to have covered on the show. So we have a mix of things. Actually, uh, I'll go ahead and open with an email though that we received at eclecticgamerspodcast.gmail.com. This is from Brett. So Brett wrote in, he actually noted a couple things. One was he had just noted that he had listened, I think it was to our last episode. It was one of our recent episodes where we were talking about Spooky. Mm-hmm. And right when he was wrapping up the episode, he went onto a location and there was a broken down Spooky pen. Um, he was like, you, I just heard about the QC is. stuff and then there it is not working. Um, but he also noted something specifically for you. And he said in the email, Tony steam deck is great. I ordered one after my brother. Let me try his out. I travel a lot and only play fallout XCOM and a ton of old system ROMs. It's great for that. And that's one of the big things that is reasons I've been looking at or considering getting a steam deck. Cause a lot of the games I play would work very well on it. Uh, like he says, Xbox or Xbox. Wow. XCOM, mm-hmm. uh, XCOM like games, which are the big majority of the games I play. Uh, I've got a lot of games I play like that. Um, snow tires, uh, get all that kind of stuff would work very well in that format. So it's why it's on my list of things I've considered. I've just not gone so far as to pull the trigger on one yet. Um, maybe, maybe in the new year. Okay. We'll see. So, uh, in regards to uh, your interview stuff, uh, Patreon member Tony V asked, or I should say noted, uh, for games, the Callisto Protocol. Haven't heard much about it and thought the game would have been a hit since uh, Glenn Schofield was involved, who brought us Dead Space and a few Call of Duty titles. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of mixed reactions to it online, like on Reddit. Right. I never, I never got into the Dead Space games. I've only played the first, yeah, which I'm- I did enjoy, but... 
I've, I've never been a huge horror game type person. I guess I'm thinking about it. I mean, Alan Wake is yeah. probably the last horror okay. game that I played and really enjoyed. Okay. But uh, I'm not a huge horror game person. With the, with the Callisto Protocol, uh, I remembered hearing about it coming out when I read some when I'd read some stuff when it first came out, but I never paid attention to it because it's just not my uh, type of game that I would typically play. I uh, I I thought about putting it like on a wish list, um, and then when I saw the reviews were mixed, I was like, I, uh, and I did not dive in to figure out why the reviews were mixed. Right. So I probably should have j- taken the jump on it anyway because i do like horror games but i i just i haven't i haven't put it down as a game that i'm interested in uh but i may i may change that in 2024 uh or 2023 maybe 2024 actually i already got a couple of games that i need to start in 2023 so anyway we'll uh, say yes what would you say alan wake was a great game i I really liked Alan Wake a lot. I was surprised. I thought that the flashlight mechanic would piss me off, but I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, it and was the great. story was a lot of fun. I highly recommend Alan Wake. Yeah, uh, if you if you get a chance. Um, so another Patreon member, uh, Proco, he asked, "What games from this year went into your backlog? So which ones are there that you couldn't play this year, but you still want to play in the future? Any what and what excites you about these games? So thank you, Proco, for the question. Yes, thank you. I actually added a handful of older games, specifically games that I had on my PlayStation and started but never finished. And I just, I'm not a huge console person, but I picked them up again super cheap on Steam and I've been considering. Mm. And I've got them, I actually have them loaded up and they're in my my two-play run. Uh, because I never finished uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, but I was enjoying the game while I was playing it, and I never finished um, the the Fallen or Jedi Fallen Order. Okay, uh, both of which I enjoyed. So I need either need to pull out and play the pull out my PlayStation and hook it all back up and finish those games, or I need to play them on Steam because I got them on Steam mm. like super cheap in a sale. <laughs> yeah, I um I do not normally buy games and backlog them uh, in part because I do not buy many Steam games and that's always where I've been the most susceptible to doing it because it's so easy just to throw them in the library. I have so many games. Whereas like with Xbox, I still often get a lot of games on disc and I'll pile them up around the TV and I'll see them staring at me if I don't at least start them. There are plenty that I end up just deciding I don't really like and not finishing anymore, but uh the main one would be the what is it the vampire survivor or what's yeah yeah i haven't that was gifted to me i still haven't started it i i the way it works with it like being this uh one-handed almost style uh mass shooting sort of thing uh interests me because i i do like uh, normally i like twin stick shooters shooters so single stick shooter sounds like an interesting idea that would be up my alley it's really cool they just released a DLC, and I bought it the DLC the day they released it, mm. and I've already played the DLC. It's great. Okay, so right. it, that so. game that is a game that was I never considered until it was given to me, and then I'm like, okay, I'll play it. Mm-hmm. And and I've done that with several games, and some of the sometimes because sometimes you get a game, it's like, oh, you got to do, you got to try this game. I play it, and it's like, oh, it's all right. it's all right. And then there's other games where you play, it's like, oh man, this is just. This is just this is just the chef's kiss. This is just mm. perfect. This is such a great game. Uh, 
But no, when it comes to me, my big thing backlog-wise is I'd really like to get into and finish those two games, especially with the Jedi Survivor uh, coming out in March. Yes, I saw that at the Game Awards. All right, another Patreon member, Mike H., Uh, noted i personally feel like the game goat simulator 3 has not received enough attention seriously this game is the third sequel as far as pinball goes we all know that this is spinal tap will clean house this year (laughs) so i don't know what else there is to discuss well maybe kickstarter pinball manufacturer since pinball is so easy okay i'm done well that's a lie but i'll stop typing anyway keep up the great podcast you two and i need to hear more mr hanky and smog on that new equipment which we 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 dealt with already so that's where that comment came from so thank you for writing in mike um i've only played the first goat simulator i got it as a games with gold on xbox one and so i got it free basically that's it and uh, I played it like two days and I did almost everything in it. And it was, it was fine, but it's not a game I could put a lot of time in. I think it's one of those, uh, meme games, mm. uh, that becomes super popular, like, uh, the goose game or summer car. Um, I looked it up, uh, on steam. I was looking it up cause it's like, I remember hearing about this game at the original ghost simulator at some point in time. Yeah apparently at some point in time on steam, I put it all on my ignore list because it's all on ignored. <laughs> so and so okay. I, I had an idea. So okay. I'm, 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 I don't know. I'm guessing it was popping up randomly mm. in my uh, game list or something. And I just ignored it. So it just vanished from steam for me unless I directly look for it. Okay. So uh, that's what I say. I've never played any of it. So I didn't, I did not know there were sequels. I, I don't think either. I knew there were any. Um, I've only played, but as noted, I, I have played the first. It was okay, but uh, only for, I, I couldn't put a lot of time into it. Uh, not It's too uh, repetitive in my opinion, but um, okay. Another Patreon member, Chris C had uh, said, I'll be the first to admit I was totally consumed by the Diablo immortal IAP doom. Ultimately, it turned out to be a non-event. Sure. Some whales spent tens of thousands to get bling, but the game was 100% playable and enjoyable without spending a dime. Note, I only do PvE, so I can't comment on the PvP landscape with respect to IAP. And I will also say, he separately noted, they wanted to take a moment to once again pimp the Entropy Center, a must-play for any Portal fan. Entropy Center is on my wish list, and I know the winter sale just started. I haven't looked to see if it's mm. tagged into it. I just I haven't I haven't got it, had a chance to get to it or add it to my list. Um, the Diablo Immortal stuff that was a, a, a very humorous thing when it first came out. We I remember us talking about it and talking about it originally when it was first announced. And the, Don't you all have phones? Is like yeah, become yeah. a running joke for yes. us and a lot of well as it deserves to. as it deserves to be, but. Uh, yeah, I've not really kept up on it after the first big round about the cost and whaling went on. Uh, I I am I have a mobile game of choice. I've added other mobile games, and none of them have lasted over my 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 primary mobile gotcha game. Uh, uh, Azure Lane is the game that I've been playing since twenty twenty. Uh, 29, it might've been 20, actually it was 29, I think it was 2019. It was late 2019 that I started playing Ozzer Lane. Uh, and while I had t- have taken a break from it at one point for several months, uh, that's the mobile game that I spend the vast majority of my time playing. I've tried literally hundreds of other mobile games and I always end up deleting all of them, but I always keep going back to that one. That's, that's, that, that's my bread and butter game. 
Uh, I've not even touched the Diablo game. Uh, kind of, ha- I mean, I've had that conversation. I've not really touched anything Blizzard or Activision related uh, recently at all. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I, I might try this, uh, given Chris's comment. I actually currently play no mobile games. I have none. Uh, last one I did was World Flipper, and it became way too repetitive and grindy, and so I uninstalled it, and I... I have nothing. No, don't even play Gems of War anymore. I never played it on mobile. Oh, that's right. You played it on the Xbox, and and I I still have it installed. I pop into Gems of War about once a quarter, look at the new stuff, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot how grindy this was. Uh, I love the gameplay mechanic, but they just it went way, it went way too deep. I miss like uh the like puzzle quest style where just go and like I can play a campaign and finish. Oh, there's up. plenty of games like that, and so um. So yeah, no, I, uh, I mean, my longest mobile game was Pokemon go. I did for a really long time, but of course it became very, very samey. Uh, so I uninstalled it and then I did do a, like gotcha style. I guess I did the, uh, star ocean Animesis game, but they took that away from the U S market. Um, so I uninstalled that yeah. and then I had world flipper, which is like the pinball iteration one, but you, you very quickly learn that it's easiest, uh, uh, to go ahead and like put the pinball part on full auto uh-huh and then it's like well why am i playing this game just for the story <laughs> and then i uninstalled it so i i have no uh, i mean I that's play how no, and, i play no games that's one thing that's what i know i run except for the very hardest content i run most of azure lane in full auto mm-hmm. while i do other things well it would let me put and, in world flipper once you've done the thing before and you're re-grinding it you can put it on a faster speed up to 3x so it's like it plays faster than i can play right so I'm like, why would I not just automate this and then, you know, worry about min maxing the characters or I'll stay, I'll keep control over the ultimates, but I'll let them do all the flipping. And then sometimes it flips like crap. And I'm like, this thing doesn't know how to play pinball, but <laughs> I st- I, it still play, it's, plays it poorly faster than I could play it pop- properly. So we'll still finish the fight faster. Yeah. Anyway, so it's, it's, one of those it's, it's less efficient, but it's still faster because it's three times speed. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I've tried World Flipper. Uh, it's okay. It 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 didn't grab me. Uh, there's just, there are lots of characters. It's got. I mean, there's. It's like a gazillion gallons of depth. And much like pinball, it's like sometimes I think there's such a thing as too much depth. You put in so much nuance. Like, I mean, there are whole guides on Reddit. Uh, because I followed the subreddit while I played it, and they were like, "Here's like the characters you need to stack together, and here's the equipment you need to give those characters, and here are the most priority things you need to unlock in their tier trees so that they best benefit each other." And that's to fight this one fight. And then there's a whole another build with all, and I get it; it's all designed to make you grind or buy your way to quickly upgrade the characters. But I was just like, there were so many that. I mentally couldn't wrap my brain around. There were just too many. Like if it was like eight characters, like an old Final Fantasy game, right? I could handle it. But there were so many, and that was what they were constantly doing. Is like it seemed like every two months they put out another character. That's pretty normal for a, for a gotcha. And I was game. just like, it's just too much. There's too many choices. I, I mean, I don't want this many choices. Because I literally just today uh, finished getting everything on the current big special banner in Azure Lane. Uh, uh, all my all my builds uh, and drawing for them. Uh, I'd gone for this whole week uh, since it launched without drawing any of them, and then I got one yesterday, and then I got uh, the rest of the banner in a pull in a single ten pull today. 
Uh, but I think the big thing with those kind of games is they need to be, they need to have a combination <clears throat> of playability, replayability, art, story, and a lot of times just a hook, something that will get you interested. Like I played Fallout Survivor for a long time because I liked Fallout. Uh, I played um, Star Trek Timelines for a long time because I like Star Trek. I mean, to the point where I had uh, Excel sheets of who I was going after and the combinations I needed and what I needed to do to blend everything together and make it all work. Uh, but those were all games that I eventually ended up leaving behind uh, after a year or so. Same thing with Gems of War. I played Gems of War for about a year or so uh, before I just got to the point where it's like, yeah, Yeah, I did Fallout Shelter twice, actually, but... I never got very, I don't know. I just kind of like, uh, when am I supposed to build next? Uh, I've got, they're making too many babies now and they don't have enough water. And I just got tired of it. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's just interesting to see like a couple of the guys at work have been playing the final fantasy bravery, bravery or whatever it was that I think's like on its way to shut down since launch. Mm. Uh, I've talked to a couple of people who, who, play games and they love them but event, but then they round down to shutdown and they're like okay it's over and it's what it is so yeah i don't know we'll see any other year-end stuff you wanted on video game no i don't think i don't think so i like this going over things with the patrons and 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 just a light touch on stuff and this has been quite an episode it's very long episode so thank you those of you who stuck with us thank you to all the patreon people who suggested uh suggested topics for us to cover we appreciate that and if you want to reach out to us you can email us eclecticgamerspodcast.gmail.com we're also available at facebook.com slash eclectic underscore gamers and patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers on twitch twitter and instagram is eclectic underscore gamers and we will be back in the new year uh talking about new things or old things i don't know if there'll be a lot of news yet i doubt there'll be any real news but, um, yet but, but we'll be back in 2023 to talk about something so yeah until the new year we wish you all happy holidays my name is dennis i'm tony and we will say goodbye for now see you next year <laughs>